1: This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best
2: friend.
1: 77 WABC.
3: to a major claim from former President Donald Trump, saying in a social media post that he expects to be arrested on Tuesday, urging his supporters to protest. He says the charges will come from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office over alleged hush money payments. Trump's spokesperson walking back his claims.
4: So what can we expect out of the meeting between Chinese President Xi Jinping and Russian President Vladimir Putin in Moscow? The White House is, of course, concerned about the increasing partnership between the two countries.
5: they in fact, deepening their no-limits strategic alliance. My intelligence analysis tells me that one of the topics on the agenda will be China's transfer of lethal aid to Russia. I think uh, President Biden is a blue-collar president. Like, I like to I'm a blue-collar man, and he's a plain-talking producer. He has produced, you know, and it's unfortunate the noise is getting in the way of what he has produced. This has been a a president that has navigated us out of COVID, navigated us out of the infrastructure bill. Seventeen
6: years by his side, broke the same breath. Wore the same clothes and you said, We're sisters with nothing between. If one of us falls, the other will soon be followed Both of you fell the same day. And you don't know why. The one of you. Up and you lay your body down on the floor. You're desperate to hear footsteps again. But this house is on fire. We need to
7: go.
8: That's what my beautiful wife, Danielle, was doing yesterday. She was basically running for her life. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I Showed up on um, Columbus Circle on 59th Street at about 1045. I must tell you, on a freezing March Sunday morning in New York, it was cold out there, and I wasn't prepared. I was wearing a sh- you know shorts and a sweatshirt. But I showed up at about 1045 yesterday morning. Columbus Circle, around 59th Street, to greet my beautiful wife, who was just completing the New York City half marathon. Mind you, folks, mind you, this is just two weeks to the day, two weeks to the day where she finished the full Japan marathon, not a half, a full, to complete the major six and get herself the coveted Abbott Trophy. I said, D, I said, D, you really, you just ran Japan two weeks ago. Another 13-plus I got it. I got it. So uh, sure enough, yesterday morning, about 6 a.m., Danielle's up getting dressed. I uh, did some laundry, did some things around the house, went to Starbucks, took the train over to 59th Street, and there she was in her glory amongst about 30,000 other runners, The New York City half is a big deal for New York. A big deal. In fact, two of Lou Ruffino's best friends ran that marathon as well. Amy Robach and TJ Holmes ran it together. These two, look, I don't care if they bang 10 times a day, 20 times a day. That's up to them. I don't care. I don't understand why the media is so fixated. Look, she ruined her marriage. I feel less badly for her husband, the celebrity guy shoe, than I do for Holmes' wife, who's just an everyday nice lady. But the two of them, they're animals. They don't care. That's fine. That's what they do. But why do I have to hear every day about these two idiots? I just don't care. I mean, the fact they went to Ellen DeGeneres' producer last week in an attempt to get their own TV show... Could you imagine Amy Robach and TJ Holmes trying to give us advice on relationships? (laughs) I mean, but those two ran the marathon together. That was a big deal. I know you love them, Lewis. I love Amy. We get to know him pretty good, didn't she's we? She's a nice very nice person. She started a career. No, she's not. She's a scumbag, nice why? person. Okay, she's got she? kids and a husband oh, and she's banging this guy all over town. Stop uh, it, nice she's person. Okay. She's, she's gross. I don't care. She's disgusting. I don't care. I don't nice. care either, but she's gross. You no, can't she's, she's I don't care, but she's gross. She's not gross. She's gross. What gross. she did to her husband and her kids was gross and continues to do it. Mm-hmm. With with I mean zero zero remorse. Zero. Well, get a divorce and get it over well, with. But she didn't do that. All right, I get, So I she's guess. gross.
0: All right, it's gross. gross, Disgusting. Yeah, I'm can't stand off. her. I'm and, gonna, and, I, and
8: again, off. I knew her as a kid like you did at MSNBC. See, don't confuse the fact that she's pretty with that she's a good person. She's not. She's a cancer survivor. Great. God bless her. What was her alternative? Die? I don't understand.
0: <laughs> what, what, using, what's the alternative? You're using Phil logic right there. Yeah, guys. I
8: mean, it makes no sense. <laughs> Way to go. You're a cancer survivor. Okay, the alternative is you die. So she survived. Thank God. God bless her. I don't want to see the lady die, but she's not a good person. She's not. Okay, and totally. neither is a scumbag boyfriend. But they did run the race yesterday. But there were some nice people who ran the race that are good people. For example, uh, Laura Sharippa, who's married to the great actor from Sopranos and Blue Bloods, Steve Sharippa. Laura ran the race. She runs a marathon every year. Uh, Frank Russo. You know Frank. He's in charge of all the cops and kids, all those big boxing events. Really a super guy, Frank Russo. Uh, Pat Russo, I'm sorry. Pat is the father. His son, Frank, ran the race. And by the way, Frank Russo did that race in an hour and a half. How about that? That's a heck of a job by by Frank Russo. Martha Wilder is a huge fan of this show. I don't know her, but her daughter ran the race. So congratulations. So a, a hearty congratulations. I think my friend Val Greenberg from uh, Deb Norville's show, on Inside Edition. I think she ran it, too. Hearty congratulations to anybody and everybody that ran the New York City HEP Marathon yesterday. Tough day. Windy, 16-mile-per-hour winds, cold. The FDR was cold yesterday, but they got it done. Danielle did the race in uh, just over two hours, and you can see the medal and her race time and all that on my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Now, let's get to Trump. I don't think President Trump is getting arrested tomorrow. In fact, I'm pretty confident in saying he's not. Now, I know he kind of jumped the gun and sent out that social media post and ginned up all of his folks, go out there and protest, and he's taking a beating for that. I don't know this for sure. I don't. But my gut tells me he will not be arrested. Let me tell you why. It's actually kind of simple. He didn't commit a crime. You just can't arrest somebody because you don't like them. I don't care what Alvin Bragg is trying to sell to the public. Donald Trump did not commit a crime. In fact, he did nothing wrong. Forget about a crime. He did nothing wrong. You can't just arrest him. So I know Trump is out there yelling and screaming, they're going to arrest me and go out there and, you know, and um, protest and get crazy and blah, you can say get crazy, but go out there and protest because I'm going to be arrested. His numbers are going up, up, and up. He has been bashing Ron DeSantis in three consecutive polls now. Fox News, Emerson, and Quinnipiac. Whatever he's doing seems to be working. So he gins this up on the weekend. He gets all of his supporters going nuts. I got about 50 text messages on Saturday. Sid, is this true? Now, I do have a pretty good pipeline to the president. That's true. And the mayor, which is odd. Because they're two completely different guys. One is going to run against Biden one compares himself to Biden, which is really pathetic. Eric has to stop doing that. I just, you know, I'm going to have to talk to Eric Adams, a very serious conversation, because I, 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 you know, the mayor says and does a lot of stuff, and I kind of let it go. But when you try to sell the public that Joe Biden is doing a good job and the people around him suck, that's who you're going to lose me. I'm sorry. You're going to lose me. So I have to talk to the mayor this week about that. Because the truth is, he's right in one respect, the people around him do suck, but so does Biden. He's the worst president ever. Why you would compare yourself to the worst person at that job, I don't understand it. I don't get it. So i got to talk to the mayor. But um, Trump, he ain't getting arrested. That's my opinion. I don't know this for a fact. I could look like an idiot tomorrow. I could. And the world can be set on fire and the country could go nuts. But I don't think he's getting arrested. Because like Joe Takapina, my dear friend, said on Mark Levin show last night, courtesy of Fox News, great job by Tak. He's been everywhere the last week. He did not break the law. You can't arrest somebody unless they break the law. Joe Takapina, courtesy of Mark Levin and Fox News last night, cut number one.
4: Welcome back, America. I'm here with Donald Trump's lawyer handling another one of these rogue prosecutors this time in Manhattan. Joe Tecapina, uh, non-disclosure agreements. I mean, people come in and go on severance payments, probably 10,000 of them signed every day. Uh, I suspect mm-hmm. that the DA's office has non-disclosure agreements. Uh, people can't discuss certain things. Uh, U.S. attorney's office. Uh, these are rather common business practices,
9: are they not? They sure are. And and especially in my world as a lawyer, when you're resolving cases, look, I've represented many, many beyond wealthy individuals who resolve cases for what they call nuisance value to make an embarrassing problem go away. And the problem isn't always a real problem. It's the threat of, of an allegation. That's enough. I mean, you know, I, I've known some individuals who, who settled cases from someone they don't even know who the heck that person was because they were going to make a claim against them. Um, and they had uh, met them at uh, an event, a gala or something, and they took a picture with them. And, you know, sure enough, that turns into an allegation. And somebody's saying, well, I'll pay $100,000 to... Quash that now—it's ridiculous. I, I shouldn't have to. I'm outraged. But on the other hand, you know, you're going to spend more than that on legal fees. You're going to have the public embarrassment, the family embarrassment. Um, something that's not true. And and you know, in, in this day and age now, especially anything with Donald Trump, um, you know, because he's he's done such a great job for people. In this country, and because of that, so many people on the other side of that equation on the far left hate him for it um, and don't want him back in office. They're they're using this 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 ridiculous allegation as a weapon.
8: So Florida Congressman Byron Donalds are like this guy. He was on Fox News yesterday and said Alvin Bragg's prosecution of Donald Trump is one of the worst uses of the justice system we've ever seen. Lou Rufino, this is Florida Byron Donald's. Cut number seven.
9: I think this is one of the worst uses of the justice system we've ever seen. Uh, This kind of two tier prosecution. This gotcha mentality with the criminal justice system is flat out wrong. And let me also say this. Uh, there has been um, in the past uses of the criminal justice system in America that have been wrong. It's been about targeting. It's been wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right. Just going after your political adversary and President Trump isn't going to make you some pillar of virtue. It's going to descend all of America into further chaos. Not what we, be, not what we need at all. Uh, what no. Alvin Bragg is doing is wrong. He shouldn't be going after Donald
8: Now, if I was advising Donald Trump, and I do send text messages to folks, I do, and every now and then they do get to the president, I would encourage him not to use the word protest. I just would. Obviously, January 6th is still out there, and that got very, very ugly. And again, I don't blame the president for that day. I don't blame the president for inciting a riot. He did say once, peacefully walk towards the Capitol. For the millionth time, my issue with President Trump that day was he stuck around with his finger up his ass for three hours and did nothing while they were breaking the place. Fake news. No, it's true. That was my issue with President Trump. He didn't cite anything. But he didn't do anything. He, In fact, I think he kind of enjoyed it. And I tell him that right to his face. I love him. That was my issue then. But I wouldn't use the word protest if I was Donald Trump. Just me. I wouldn't. He didn't say angrily protest. He didn't say go out there and beat people up. He didn't do that. But that word for Donald Trump, that's a dangerous word. He's got to be smarter. And don't think I didn't text somebody about that when I saw this first thing Saturday morning because I did. So here's uh, Jen Psaki, Joe Biden's former speaker, the uh, the White House speaker. She's on Meet the Press, and she said that Donald Trump's statement on Truth Social on Saturday is basically a wake-up call for his folks to go nuts. Jen Psaki
2: Cut number nine. Jen, you know, it's interesting. Alvin Bragg, there's some people that are going to claim that he was bullied into this. Mm -hmm. And then I can just see this inevitably, right? He was going to get blamed if he didn't do it. And there are going to be others that are going to blame him for ruining the other prosecutions, Mm -hmm. right? Like, no matter what, he seems to be in a no-win situation. That's right. And Trump
7: knows that, as everybody on this panel has been saying. And so his statement yesterday, I mean, the surprising thing to me was not about I may be arrested on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. even though we now know that he doesn't know any more than maybe we do. It's that he was sending a bat signal to his party, go after the DA. I'm going. Let's create some manufactured mm-hmm. outrage because we want to delegitimize yeah. him before he does anything at all. <laughs> and a lot of people followed suit. Kevin McCarthy, Marjorie Taylor Greene, even Vice President Pence that. followed suit. Yeah. Uh, and that—that's his whole goal. They're doing what he wanted them to do.
8: Yeah, we have to go out of our way to do that. Jen Psaki, that's my friend Chuck Todd. Meet the press, sounding stupid once again. We have to go out of our way. Go out of a way to uh, decredit Alvin Bragg. Now, McCarthy is on record urging against protests if, in fact, Donald Trump is indicted and arrested tomorrow. But Mike Pence, Mike Pence, who I've lost a lot of faith in the last couple of weeks when he's out there yelling and screaming that because of Donald Trump, his family was almost killed. I mean, stop, Mike. I'm begging you to stop. But even Mike Pence on ABC with John Call yesterday said that, hey, Trump calling for protests? People have a right to
10: speak. This is Mike Pence, cut number eight. Look, the American people have every right to peaceably assembly and to let their voice be heard. And um, uh, I think it's extremely important that people have a right to express themselves and, and, and express the frustration that they feel uh, to see a, uh, a liberal Manhattan D.A., poised to indict a former president of the United States. But that being said, there can be no tolerance for the kind of violence that we saw on January 6th or throughout the summer of of 2020.
8: Oh, that's so nice, Mike, to add the summer of 2020, which I've been yelling about for years. So nice of you to do that. That wasn't just one day. It wasn't just one night. A lot of people died. A lot of places got burned down. Those are real insurrections. So very nice of you, Mike, to, uh, to add that. So uh, I went over the guest list. We'll get back to more of this Donald Trump stuff throughout the day, which Lowry will join us at 740. And Alan Dershowitz, the great attorney, Alan Dershowitz coming up at 840. Again, is there a legal basis for an arrest tomorrow? I say no. Therefore, Donald Trump will not be arrested tomorrow. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Tomorrow, Boris Epstein, Donald Trump's counsel, senior advisor, he was here on Thursday. He'll come back again tomorrow and hopefully Donald Trump will. At some point by the end of the week. My opinion is he will not be arrested tomorrow. But what do I know? So um, you notice when I went over the guest list, there was a name missing at 7.05. He's usually here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I hated to do this because, uh, let me preface this by saying I, I really do like the guy. And he's been very good to me. He was... One of the guys, he thinks he's the main guy. That's up for debate. But he was certainly one of the people that played a role in getting me back to New York in 2016. And I'll always be thankful for that. Put that in my book, the whole thing. And when he comes on this show, he's actually very good, very entertaining. But I had no choice but to suspend Curtis Slewa from the program this weekend with uh, indefinitely. Indefinitely. So when I came in this morning, I, I told the news, of course, to my crew, which now consists of four great Americans, Lou Rufino, Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, and Noam Layden. And it was met by zero resistance by all four. In fact, at least two of the four were giddy about this suspension and said, and I quote, thank God. Do you guys want to admit which one, uh, which one of you said that?
11: I think it's more fun if we don't. If we just let <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, people get, let him guess, it's, uh, yeah. it'll be a little more fun. Lou, let's start with you. Okay. Here I am. <laughs> Hi. What do you think about this, uh,
8: this sleeve suspension? Any, any thoughts on this?
0: I, I, have, I have no thoughts. I have well, to plead the fifth.
8: You know what it I is? When I, when I tell somebody not to do something on this show... You just don't do it. I mean if I come off sounding like arrogant I don't care. I don't care. It's not the Sid and Curtis show. It's the Sid show. And if I'm gonna bring you on a couple of times a week because you're good, you're good, he's good, he's good, then you have to abide by the rules. This goes for anybody and everybody. And if they don't, then I don't want them back. And if management makes him come back, then I'll leave. And if you think I'm kidding, watch. I'm not kidding. So when I tell him not to say something and he says it, then that's it. Now he didn't do anything that's so egregious that he can't come back at some point, maybe very soon. I don't maybe Wednesday, I don't know. But for today he's out.
0: But you said indefinitely, that's all
8: Indefinitely I mean. is uh could be today and tomorrow. Wow. Could be all week, could be a month, I don't know. Gee- I need to sit down with Curtis, talk to him, have him lie to me. Tell me he's not going to do it and then do it again mm-hmm. before then he really is suspended indefinitely. Because that's what's, that's what's going to happen. He's going to say to me, okay, bro, you got it. And then the very next show, he's going to do it again because he can't control himself.
11: How do you think the show is going to survive without him? Will
8: We'll get it? a 7-6 we'll or an 8-4. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just do yeah. just fine. I don't
11: need anybody, okay?
8: Quite, I don't need anybody. I got five or six great guests today. I got you four guys. I don't need anybody. I've been trying to tell that to management for, for years. I don't need anybody. Evidenced by the ratings for for quite some time now. I don't enormous. Big. They really are. Yeah. If you added up uh, two books for Imus, he didn't get what I get.
0: Two books. Nope. Never. So that's it. Curtis is. Uh, this sounds worse. Out. Sounds worse than a uh, patellar tendon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, well, it's not that bad. Patella Tendon, you're out for the year, Edwin Diaz. Right. I'm
8: not saying Curtis is out for the year. He could be back
0: very soon. Who knows? Now, well, when you say indefinite, that's... It is open. indefinite, yeah. Indefinite sounds serious. It yeah, sounds that's scary. That's a scary word. Right, well, when they don't... And when the commissioner says you are suspended Well, the problem is... I,
8: I, the, look, the problem is I just can't trust him to do what I ask him to do. I can't. I just... He doesn't care. He does what he wants to do. That's part of the reason why people like him, I guess. And I do the same thing. I'm in the same boat. But right now I've got the leverage. He doesn't, and uh, what he did last week was was uh, was no good. So, and I'm not going to get into it. Though. It's none of your business.
0: <laughs> you're, you're you're right there, though. You're I'm very right, very close. Inch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're almost yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, very close. Yeah, you're close. How close? Very. Would you say? Would you say a uh, a hair?
8: I would say by the nine o'clock hour. All right.
0: <laughs> 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 that's called time spent listening. Stick yeah, around.
8: Gonna, so. so Curtis is suspended, and that's the end of it. I don't want to hear any more it. it. Don't right? go on some Facebook page and start complaining. I only listen to Sid because of Curtis, because you're lying. You know you're lying. The numbers indicate that's not you. Not even close. So don't do it. No. If you're upset about it, I agree with you. I'm, I'm upset, too. I, hate I hated doing this. I almost cried last night. Well, maybe that's a stretch.
0: No, you, fine. No, no, you didn't. Because <laughs> you're, you're actually giddy right now. So <laughs> what are you talking mean? about? Crying it almost, almost made you cry. cry. Stop it. You almost cried. I did. I was very upset. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> no, it sure tore well. you up.
8: It ruined your whole Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did try to call me last night. And, um, well, I didn't pick up. I was busy. Busy doing what? Crying. Really nothing. Oh,
11: okay. I just saw his name. I'm like, nah, not tonight. So. <laughs> I'm sure he's happy about this whole situation. I'm sure he's (laughs) taking it fine. It'll it'll be be
0: all great.
8: It is what it is, folks. I hate that saying, but it just works. It is what it is. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Rich Lowry, Alan Dershowitz, Radio Hall of Famer, formerly Mr. CBS for many, many years, Dan Mason. And yes, backed by popular demand, My mom, Naomi. All that coming your way on an epic Monday edition of New York's number one talk show, Sid and Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
2: Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.
5: Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is Sid in the Morning. Let me do that again. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is Sid and Friends in the Morning on 77 WABC. Oh, and by the way, I am way more famous than Sid.
8: Test. New sensation on your new week. Happy Monday morning, New York City, 630. Air Supply is coming to the NYCB. I saw Air Supply once, true story, at the Diplomat Hotel down in South Florida. You know, many years ago, I loved them. Talk, about will play some Air Supply today. Australian, too. Australian, too. And the act that opened for them was Martin Mull. <laughs> Believe it or not, I swear to God, and and not long after that, at the same exact hotel, which when I was a kid, the Diplomat was a big deal, Collins Avenue. I saw um, the uh, the Pointer Sisters, and uh, they had the guy that opened for them was a the guy that uh, had the dummy on the show. So, uh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Wow, it's, it's I kept going to the Diplomat the way
8: back when. I know, but Air Supply was great. They're coming to the NYCB Theater. At Westbury on Saturday, August the 5th, and we want to send you and a friend to the show for free. I want to go. That's right. I've got a pair of tickets to see the iconic duo perform all their classic hits. You know, what's funny about these two guys is they're not related, and they're both named Russell. Did you know that? Both guys on Air Supply are named Russell. Anyway... Um, you could be singing along to all their great hits if you're caller number eight right now, one-eight hundred-eight four eight W A B C. You'll be heading to see Air Supply Saturday, August the fifth at the eight caller right now, one-eight hundred-eight four eight ninety-two twenty-two. Once again at the NYCB. This is awful copy, by the way. Good luck. Air supply. Who writes these things? It's like words that are just inserted and Yeah. <laughs> Who does that?
12: Uh, Matt Meany sends them to me, so I guess he really blows through them.
8: I guess. Crappy copy.
12: (laughs) Well, you did a great job. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah.
8: So, again, uh, let me go on record saying that I don't believe that President Trump will be uh, arrested tomorrow. But I don't know that. I could be wrong. I did mention in the first segment that my friend the mayor he has got to stop with the Biden stuff, comparing himself to Joe Biden Telling folks Biden's doing a good job. He's going to lose me at some point. I hate saying that. I really do because I really like him. I like him a lot personally. I think he's got a lot on his plate. I don't care. You could talk to you blue in the face. I think his job is tougher now than when Giuliani took over. I really do. And he's done some good things, and he's done some not such good things. And the city is not where it needs to be yet. Not even close. But I believe his heart's in the right place. But you cannot, you cannot publicly state that Joe Biden is a blue-collar president and doing a good job and compare yourself to Joe Biden. Eric, you just said here in your sophomore year, this is your Aaron Judge season. Aaron Judge just broke the record. He had 62 home runs. Where, where, in any scenario, can anybody compare Joe Biden's presidency to Aaron Judge's baseball season last year? Come on, man.
4: Joe Biden is a dummy.
8: Thank you, President Trump. So here is Adams with Jen Psaki on MSNBC. Jen, of course, used to be the, what do you call that person? It's not the White House spokesperson. Press Secretary. Thank you. Before this moron, Kareen John Pierre took over. Now she's got her own show on MSNBC, and she's got Adams on this weekend. And again, he makes this favorable comparison to Joe Biden, and I was furious. And I will call the mayor after the show and tell him, "You keep doing this, you're going to lose me." Bottom line, Mayor Adams, cut number eleven.
7: Now I was with President Biden when he came. He spent the day with you. It was one of his favorite days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you and I know you're going to be on his advisory committee. Yes, yes. So, what kind of advice are you giving to him Go or home. other Democrats running advice. about how they should
5: talk about crime in 2024? Well, I think it, I think it's two different conversations. Uh, I think uh, President Biden is a blue collar president. Like, I like to believe I'm a blue collar mayor. And My he's God. a plain talking producer. Well, he has produced, you know, and it's unfortunate oh, he hasn't. the noise. Is getting in the way of what he has produced. He's has been a, a a a president that has
1: navigated us out of COVID, navigated oh, us out of the
8: infrastructure bill. He just, he just keep putting up. Uh, just putting stop, just stop. I go vault. I right, <sighs> He's a president that navigated us out of COVID, Eric. I'm not mm-hmm. even calling you, Mister Mayor, at this point, Eric.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: More people died with this imbecile. From COVID, and you already had the vaccines than Trump. Kids are still wearing masks, which you know about, of course, because you didn't change that. And the infrastructure bill? What percentage of money, Eric, actually goes to infrastructure in that abortion of a bill? Come on, man. Stop. I know you got designs in the White House, I got it. And I'd be willing to help. I think you could do that job one day. What do you do? But stop, stop. Don't suck up to people who are terrible at their job and, and corrupt and terrible people because you want to further your political career. Don't do that. I, I started the show by saying that Amy Robach and TJ Holmes are gross. Those comments, Eric, that you made with Saki yesterday were gross. they gross. I mean he's a blue collar president. He's living in a $9 million mansion. Him and his brother and his degenerate, filthy, drug-addled son have stolen millions of dollars. Not even stolen. They've been given millions of dollars from all these countries around the world, many of which are our enemies. Everyone that knows me, they know one
5: thing. I hate rats.
8: Yeah. That may be true. But, my God, a blue-collar president? Really? Really? Very disappointed in uh, in the mayor there. Very. All right, we got a lot more to do this morning. My mom is coming on. Which Lowry, Alan Dershowitz, Dan Mason. I got Mark Levin sound. I got sports. I've got so many good stories. The ratings are coming out later on today. I'm going to kill it. I got Billboard stories. A drive through New Jersey with Danielle and I through the Lincoln Tunnel. All that good stuff. Traffic is also coming up next, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to my main man, John Katsimatidis. It's the Cats Roundtable, where John Katz and common sense prevail. It's every Sunday morning, starting at 8. John always tells both sides of the story. Here, he talks with another horrible person, Governor Phil Murphy.
13: What is today is Governor Philip Murphy of New Jersey, when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, what problems worry you about New Jersey?
11: Great to be with you. I got elected and then reelected to basically fix New Jersey. When people say what's fixed mean, I say the three things, and these are our obsessions. Grow the economy, address inequities, and once again become fiscally responsible. Whether it's 3 in the morning or whenever, those are the things that we're obsessed with. We got a long way to go, but so far, so good.
1: This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
12: Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. The Rangers unleashed on the Nashville Predators at home last night, bearing them by a score of 7-0. to nothing. Six first period goals for the Blue Shirts put this one away early, and 22 saves from Yaroslav Halak secured the shutout for New York. Andrew Miller made his presence felt in that big first period, registering two goals and two assists in the first 20. The Blue Shirts will get set to host the Carolina Hurricanes next. Come to Tomorrow night, Out in Tampa Bay, the Devils were victorious as well, best in the Lightning 5-2. Jesper Bratt locked up his first NHL hat-trick with three goals on the night, helping New Jersey overcome a two-goal deficit to secure the win and snap their three-game losing streak. The Devils will stick at home, where they will welcome in the Minnesota Wild next tomorrow night. On the hardwood, the Nets fell at home to the Denver Nuggets, 108-102 to being your final score. Brooklyn will try and bounce back come tomorrow night when they host the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks return to the court tonight at to the Garden for a 7.30 p.m. tip against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Elsewhere around the world of sports. The so Sweet 16 has been decided in this year's NCAA men's basketball tournament. FDU's magical run fell short last night against 9 seed FAU, but they'll live vicariously through 15 seed Princeton, who are still alive as the only fourth seed or uh, as the only fourth 15 seed reaches six, uh, Sweet 16 in men's March Madness history. After a couple of nights off here, tournament action will resume this Thursday night and with a 14-2 thumping of Team Cuba in the semifinals last night, Team USA has advanced to the finals of the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Team Mexico and Team Japan will face each right. other tonight for the right to join don't, 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 don't do Team USA. Don't, in do not do World Baseball finals. Classic
8: on mm-hmm. my show, please. It's ruined the Major League Baseball season. I don't care. Nobody in this country cares. Please don't do it. Okay. Thank you.
12: You're welcome. I'm Justin Ellick here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, or VeeandTankless.com to find a deal. And you, they are America's best-built boilers. See you later.
1: Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends.
7: Till it hurts. I know you hurt too, but what else can we do? it
6: and
7: torn apart. I wish I could carry your smile.
8: I tried giving away tickets today to see this uh, great group, Air Supply, August the 5th. This is All Out of Love. We'll play one more, because I happen to like these guys. I'm reaching for you. Are you feeling it too, Lewis? 646.
0: Take it! Come on!
8: <laughs> so, Daniel and I took a, uh, a long drive into Staten Island on Friday. You know, the house is really coming along nicely, thank God. I'm living in Battery Park is not a horrible place, I must tell you. It's actually kind of lovely. When the weather gets nicer, it's going to be really nice. It's right on the water, right on the water. So now it's very windy and cold. But, you know, we're a couple of feet away from the entrance to Brookfield Plaza, which is really nice. And then uh, from there, I can take the train anywhere I want, which is easy. So I like it. I, I do like living in Battery Park. I lived there many years ago. I'm embarrassed to say this, but back after 9-11... Daniel and I were living in a very, very small apartment in Chelsea on 21st and 8th during 9-11. In fact, I remember the smoke billowing through my windows, even all the way there in Chelsea. And after 9-11, people f- ran out of Battery Park in that five-day area. They ran away. And there was an apartment, which went for about $4,000, that they were renting for 1900 right on the water, Beautiful view of the Statue of Liberty. They literally found epidermis, that's skin, folks, on the air conditioning units outside from people who died that day. But we took advantage of the rates, and we moved there and lived there for about a year before we bought our first home in the Northeast, in Tenafly, New Jersey, which, of course, I lost. You know the whole story. So we lived in Battery Park back in 2001, 2002, and now we're back. But we're here just temporarily insurance company put us here, until we get back home. And it's getting closer and closer to getting done. So, for example, uh, two Saturdays ago, we went and picked out, you know, stuff for the bathroom, and we picked out paint. This Saturday, we went to a place called Verrazano Tile on Staten Island. I tell you, I got there early. So I was uh, walking around outside looking for a Dunkin' Donuts. Danielle was, gonna, was meeting me there. I took an Uber. And there's a restaurant, I think it's called Nino's, right there on Highland Boulevard on Staten Island. And it's next door to the tile place, Joe's Place. So I'm standing outside, and some guy comes literally running out. His name is Michael. And he's a firefighter. And he's like, oh, my God, Sid, I listen every morning. I love you. You're great. All the boys inside, they all listen. So I don't know what the gentleman's last name is. It's something like Mears or Marine. Rich Mears, Rich Marine. He, uh, he died last week. And he was a beloved, beloved firefighter. And they had the services on Staten Island. And then this really lovely lunch at this restaurant on Staten Island. And all these firefighters were there. And they came out to greet me, which was really cool. Really cool. And then we did our tile shopping with Rich and went home. But spent about an hour in the car on the way back to, uh, to Manhattan. Had Stern on. And at no point, Lewis, did Howard Stern bring up Donald Trump. At no point did Howard Stern bring up Eric Adams or Kathy Hochul or Kevin McCarthy or Woody Giuliani. None of these folks. He talked about Ronnie the limo driver having a guest spot on Fox during the racing, the funny car racing in Vegas or California last week. And it was 45 minutes of nonsense. When I tell you nonsense, I couldn't even repeat for you what they talked about. And yet, I laughed the whole trip. I laughed the whole trip. And I've only been saying this for, I don't know, seven years here. That's what wins. We cover everything, right? We've done Trump already this morning more than once. I played really good sound from Joe Tacopino, Mark Levin, and others. And we'll talk to Rich Lowry about Donald Trump today. And we'll talk to Alan Dershowitz about Donald Trump today. And I just maligned Eric Adams. So we do all that. But man, when you start doing that stuff all day long and that's it, you are not going to win. And for 45 minutes, I couldn't even begin to tell you what Coward Stern talked about. But it was brilliant radio. I mean,
0: great. And then I then mean, got, belly laughing. And then he got to Hunter Biden then, right?
8: Then I don't know. Shut the, I shut no, it off.
0: I think <laughs> yeah, At some point, yeah. he had to get to it.
8: I don't think he did, no.
0: Robin, this uh, briefcase, this laptop is...
8: I think he was about to talk to Bradley Cooper or something. I don't oh. know.
0: Oh, something like that. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah. Well, that'll work, too.
8: But it was great, man. It was it was great. I loved it. And it put me in a good mood. And that's what I'm looking for. You know, I, I met a guy yesterday in the um, parking garage. Danielle, myself, and Gabe actually took a trip. This is unbelievable. But I've come to find that thanks to my friend Al Farage and the fine people at RPM Raceway, which we do endorse on this show, they've got billboards of me all over New York. And now I've got people that send me messages on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney when they see a billboard. These are large digital billboards. There's one on Route 80, for example, in Patterson. There's one right outside the Islanders' Home Ice, the UBS Arena, at the entrance to the Cross County. There's one on the West Side Highway, which a bunch of people saw yesterday going home from the half marathon. And there's a big one, supposedly, by the Lincoln Tunnel. So yesterday, we decided to take a drive (laughs) to the Lincoln Tunnel and just go into Jersey and come right home, which we did. Took us about an hour to go from Battery Park through the Lincoln Tunnel into New Jersey, got off the very next exit, Kennedy Avenue, came right home. And wouldn't you know that the first face I saw on a billboard is a guy celebrating his birthday today, today. And a guy that's on this show occasionally, and a guy that along with Christopher Mad Dog Russo revolutionized Sports Talk Radio, our good friend Mike Francesa. His birthday is today. Happy birthday, Mike. And there's a huge billboard of Mike from Bet Rivers promoting his podcast. We didn't see me. So I got home an hour later, and I contacted Al. I said, is it possible that uh, throughout the day, with times, they change them? And he said yes, because just an hour before, my dear friend Corey Zelnick, his um, assistant, Stephanie, saw me, the billboard, at the Lincoln Tunnel. So I missed it. They change them based on time. I'll get the times later on today. But uh, nevertheless, that's a pretty cool thing. So we made our way into New Jersey through the Lincoln Tunnel, and instead we got Mike Francesa instead of Sid Rosenberg, which is kind of funny because Danielle said, really? Of all the people. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous! And that brings us to a guest coming up at 9.05 this morning that ran CBS Radio. He's a Hall of Famer, a legitimate Radio Hall of Famer for many, many years. Chad Lopez knows him very well, and that is Dan Mason who will join us coming up at 9.05. So that was uh, that was fun yesterday, and uh, we'll hit the road again today. If you see any of these billboards, feel free to contact me once again on Instagram. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Once again, which Lowry, Noam, Alan Dershowitz, Dan Mason, and my mom, Naomi, makes her return coming up at 8.05 this morning. You're not going to want to miss that. It's the Monday edition of Sid and Friends right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC with Air Supply.
1: Radio 77 W A B C Yeah
10: Thank you, thank you, thank you, far
8: too kind. Uh Woo! Yeah, ready? Woo! Woo! Uh, Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to Uh, uh, roll. Yeah. uh. Now what the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So for one last time, make some noise. Get him, Jay. you know President Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm Rich Larry will join me at 7.40. My mother, Naomi, coming up at 8.05. Very famous attorney, Alan Dershowitz, coming up at 8.40. Former president of CBS Radio Hall of Famer, Dan Mason. He's coming up at 9.05. Hopefully, President Trump at some point this week. Boris Epstein, who happens to be President Trump's lead counsel and senior advisor, coming up tomorrow, as well as uh, Bo Deedle. And again, I say this with a lot of regret, but I had no other choice but to suspend Lou Rufino's buddy, Curtis Slewa from the program indefinitely. So I, I actually thought about 10 minutes ago about lifting the ban. I, I just, something came over me. I don't know. I, I, I felt badly. And, and Lou was outspoken. And Phil, don't dare do that.
0: These are not quotes. Yeah, that's a quote. No, that's not a quote. You're like, why? Uh, no. it, it was a, that high pitched. That
14: you you
8: would like to see me continue this suspension?
0: What is it? Uh, what,
8: what is your issue with uh, Curtis? I mean, yeah. I don't mind, but what is yours? Why I, do you
0: zero? No.
8: So why were you so giddy this morning when I announced that he was suspended?
0: I saw. No, I just saw you when I said. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: No,
8: that's not what happened. No, no. Be honest now. What what is the issue?
0: That's all I can. That's all I remember. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm.
8: You and Phil, are like I mean, you're like kids in a in a sandbox.
0: Well, that's that's how we work. We work <laughs> like we're in a sandbox.
8: And because no, a great I mean, job. this this son of a bitch, gnome, who, who Curtis only says wonderful things about occasionally, he was
6: you uh, couldn't be happier. I, I hugged you actually when you told me you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta
0: gotta be who you are. That's
6: it. When you told me what it was, I said, you know, and I hugged you. I had
0: had no choice. Yeah, right. I yep. When you said to me, I said, you gotta do whatever you have to do.
8: I'm going to suspend three people from the program indefinitely this week. Three. (laughs) I don't know the other. Well, I know one of them. I know two of them. (laughs) But it'll be fun if you want to try to figure out the other one.
0: (laughs) It's not like you even know what you're doing. (laughs) I'm going to do two. No, no, no one. trying to figure it
8: out. I think I'm going to go to RPM on Saturday, too. I'm going to take Gabriel and a bunch of his uh, friends. And if you guys want to come with me, maybe we'll get some listeners to show up there and the whole thing. I don't know. We'll make a whole thing about it. We'll see. We'll come back with the hour number two of this four-hour extravaganza, New York's number one talk show. That's me. Sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Perfect time to say goodbye. When I come back like joy, we're in the 4-5. It ain't to play games with you. It's to aim at you, probably name you. If I owe you, I'm blowing you the sliveries. to take one for your team, and
1: I need you to remember... This is Sid and Friends in the morning. But you say he's just a friend. Boy, you're my
6: best friend.
1: 77 WABC.
8: Boy. See who's on MSNBC right now? This George Conway. He's been married to my friend Kellyanne Conway for many years. Kellyanne was on this show about two Fridays ago. Made her debut, mind you. And like two hours after she was on, (laughs) there was a media release that uh, they were getting divorced. Her and George they have had a very rocky relationship because Kellyanne, of course, works with and loves Donald Trump and fat, stupid George Conway with his long hair. Why do fat people grow long hair? It looks so stupid. You know, I want to... um, It reminds me, I went to get a pedicure yesterday, and it was a great experience. I must say, I love a pedicure. And it was a girl sitting next to me. She had to be like 400 pounds, I swear to God. God bless her. Hope she's happy. And she had a baby carriage. And in the baby carriage was a dog who was also fat. Now, you know how I feel about people who ride their dogs around in baby carriages? I can't stand them. (laughs) I love dogs. I've had dogs my whole life. I love dogs. Love them. I've got not one, not two, but three pictures, three of dead dogs on my nightstand. My two Sharpays, Zeus and Sachmo, and my, um, my uh, Lucy, who I had for 14 years. I adopted her right after 9-11 at the North Shore Animal League, and she died in 2015. And it breaks my heart. I love dogs, but they're not people. I don't understand why if I go to a Mexican restaurant on Friday night in Battery Park, Elvez, that sitting next to me is a person and a dog. Why, if I get a pedicure, is there a dog sitting next to me? Why, if I'm walking around the mall, are people walking dogs in the mall?
0: It shouldn't be in there.
8: It's disgusting. It's, it's ridiculous. Dumb. Take the dog outside. I'm in Starbucks yesterday morning, 7 a.m who comes in, three people with dogs, right in Starbucks. And they're feeding the dog like whipped cream or something at the desk, and the dog is licking the table where my coffee is. I mean, come on, man. Come on. It's bad enough you can't walk two feet in New York City without seeing duty and pee all over the street. Although at this point, much am to it's a human or a dog. I don't even know. But don't worry, Eric Adams. Joe Biden's the man. But this thing with dogs in Battery Park... I live in a building. Where there are more dogs than people. The elevators stink. I told you about the uh, the laundry and the washing machine. And the... Again, I love dogs, but they're not people. Stop it! They don't belong in restaurants and stores. And take your dog for a walk. Take him to the park. But not not in a restaurant. What is that?
0: I can't believe we don't see them on Rockaway Beach too, where they're not allowed. I do not to-
8: I didn't see that in Rockaway. No, I was there for nine months. I didn't pretty, see that.
0: They're strict about it. Yeah. On the beach. The
8: dog doesn't belong on the beach. Well, I see a couple of dogs on the beach early in the morning. Not when it's packed, like in the afternoon, but I'll see a guy or a lady with their dog at like 7 a.m. Throwing a stick, that whole thing. And then I see the dog make poopy, like a big duty right on the beach. And I got to worry about walking. I don't want to walk in that. And
0: they probably don't clean
8: it. And even if they do, they miss a piece. Come on, man. In the mall, in a restaurant, dogs? And I love dogs. I love animals.
0: I hate cats, but. Come on. No, pet owners do not care. They do not Idiots.
11: care. It's funny, where I live, too, in the Bushwick, I was in Williamsburg over the weekend, every single small business you go into, the first thing you see when you walk in is a dog bowl with water in it. So they like welcome it. Yeah. they, they got to would... stop doing that. It's, it's just, it's not right. It's not right. So, Phil, what is, uh, in
8: your estimation, if we get back to Donald Trump here, in your estimation, what is the right amount of time that I should keep? Curtis Lee was suspended for. Him.
11: <laughs> what does have to do with Donald Trump? I you say. I'm going to oh, get to, to the Trump, Trump momentarily here. No. no. Well, Curtis, based on what he did, I would say probably three to five years off what? the show would be decent. Yeah, three to five years? Yeah, well, probably three to five minimum. You know what? Uh, he likes he likes the term. I'm going to use it. Maybe triple life without parole. Never. Just gone. Lock him up for. No, him. come on. I don't know. I'm not the one to make these decisions. But you 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 really want a very stern, lengthy. Suspension here, don't you? That's um, what you want. I, I'm not overly committed to anything. But listen, if you want to teach him a lesson, yeah. that's how you teach it. Right. I mean uh, th- that sounds a bit long no Lewis?
0: 3 to 5 years i'm about. looking at phil's calculations here they seem kind of a little out of whack a little out of whack I'm, yeah well now i'm seeing how we All right. maybe how we yeah, got I went to 5 but
11: <laughs> maybe maybe, I went maybe 3 forward. years is I about don't know, right
8: 3 yeah.
0: sounds more yeah. in line with
8: it uh, <laughs> so my know. boy joe tacopino was on uh, mark levin's great box news television show last night Did a very good job, Joseph. But Mark Levin was actually on Fox News this weekend as a guest. I think he was on uh, Fox and Friends. I think it was Saturday. And he was talking about this potential arrest of Donald Trump. Again, if you missed it, Donald Trump did put on his Truth Social social media Saturday that he's about to get arrested on Tuesday, and he wants you to protest. And when I saw that, my stomach turned upside down because even though, again, he said nothing there that's not your American right and did not say to break stuff or burn down stuff or beat up people, once the word protest is in the same sentence as (laughs) Donald Trump, if you're a Trump supporter like me, you get queasy because it goes right to January 6th. And January 6th has not been decided yet. So even though on the surface, even Mike Pence admitted this, Trump said nothing wrong there, he's asking for trouble. And I did send a text. To somebody in that camp and said, Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure I would have gone that route. But, but forget about that for a second. The fact is, Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Forget about illegal in the Stormy Daniels harsh payment case. He did nothing wrong. And I believe he will not be arrested tomorrow, despite the president's contention and the media freaking out this morning. And that's all they're talking about MSNBC, CNN, even Gnome. I don't believe he'll be arrested because he didn't break the law. And no matter what Alvin Bragg wants to do, no matter what Alvin Bragg thinks, or the rest of these degenerate Democrats, you can't arrest somebody because you don't like them. And that's all this is. This is weaponizing the justice system. This is a gross abuse of power. And you can't arrest him. So I don't think he'll be arrested. But I could be wrong. But here was Mark Levin talking about the potential Trump arrest on Fox News. Lewis, this would be cut number two.
4: The law perverted and the police powers of the state perverted along with it. The law, I say, not only turned from its proper purpose, but made to follow an entire contrary purpose. The law become the weapon of every kind of greed. Instead of Mm. checking crime, the law itself guilty of the evils it is supposed to punish. And let me tell you something, when the people lose faith in the law, the country's done. That's exactly right. And the people are losing faith in the law because the Democrat Party, Democrat prosecutors in Manhattan, a Soros prosecutor, wants them to lose faith in the law. Their whole goal is to destroy the civil society and the morality that undergirds it. That is the mission of the Democrat Party.
8: He goes on here, the great one, Mark Levine, to talk about the obsession, the obsession with Donald Trump cut number three
4: how many times have they gone after this man Donald Trump what exactly has he done to deserve this Uh, why are they studying his life like they're studying an archaeological uh, site Uh, (laughs) why are they looking for novel legal theories to go after the man why are they trying to turn a law upside down this was what they're trying to do where they have to jump through the hoops in Manhattan. The statute of limitations, two years for a misdemeanor, five years for a felony. They've been examining it for six years. The Southern District of New York, the U.S. Attorney's Office looked at it and said, there's no federal crime here and there isn't. And how do we know that? Because this was tried against John uh, Edwards and uh, that case was lost. Yeah. And it was lost under the tutelage of a man you may have heard of, Jack Smith, who's the special counsel now in Washington, D.C., when he headed the uh, public integrity section of the criminal division. This guy's invisible hand is everywhere. Here's some more Mark Levin, who, again, is supposed to join us at some point later
8: on this week. The great one himself, a guest on Fox News yesterday, talking about this
4: fat loser, the Manhattan D.A., Alvin Bragg, cut number four. So now you have this hack prosecutor in Manhattan. Let me put this in plain English, so everybody can understand what's going on here. It's not hush money. These are non-disclosure agreements. Companies, individuals, divorce parties entered into non-disclosure agreements. Ten thousand a day, probably all across this country. How much you want to bet the Manhattan DA's office has entered into non-disclosure agreements? How much you want to bet the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the U.S. Attorneys? have entered into non-disclosure agreements. How much you want to bet these news operations covering it, like MSNBC, NBC, and the rest, have entered into non-disclosure agreements? Now we call it, oh, hush money. There's nothing illegal with non-disclosure agreements. The reason you have a non-disclosure agreement, whether it's severance or something, is you're telling people, keep your big mouth shut, and in exchange for that, we'll take care of you. That's not a crime. It is what it is. It's a contract.
8: You know, talking about NDAs, this is a good time to introduce the Joe Tacapina cut. Again, Tacopino was on Levin's show. Mark Levin, the last couple of cuts we played, he was a guest on Fox News, but he has his own show, does very well on Sunday nights. And Tacopino was on last night talking about these NDAs, Lewis. Lou
4: Rapino, this is Joe Tacopino with Mark Levin, courtesy of Fox News, cut number one. Welcome back, America. I'm here with Donald Trump's lawyer handling another one of these rogue prosecutors this time in Manhattan, Joe Tecabina. Uh, non-disclosure agreements. I mean, people come in and go on severance payments. Probably 10,000 of them signed every day. Uh, I suspect mm-hmm. that the DA's office has non-disclosure agreements. Uh, people can't discuss certain things. Uh, U.S. attorney's office... Uh, these are rather common business
9: practices, are they not? They sure are, and and especially in my world, as a lawyer, when you're resolving cases, look, I've represented many, many, beyond wealthy individuals who have resolved cases for what they call nuisance value, to make a, a, an embarrassing problem go away. And the problem isn't always a real problem; it's the threat of of an allegation. That's enough. I mean, you know, I, I've known some individuals who who settled cases from someone they don't even know who the heck that person was because they were going to make a claim against them. Um, and they had uh, met them at a, an event, or a gala or something, and they took a picture with them. And, you know, sure enough, that turns into an allegation. And somebody's saying, well, I'll pay $100,000 to quash that now. It's ridiculous. I, I shouldn't have to. I'm outraged. But on the other hand, you know, you're going to spend more than that legal fees. You're going to have the public embarrassment, the family embarrassment. Um, some that's not true. And, and you know, in, in this day and age now, especially anything with Donald Trump... Um, you know, because he's he's done such a great job for people in this country, and because of that, so many people on the other side of that equation on the far left hate him for it, um and don't want him back in office. They're they're using this 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 ridiculous allegation as a weapon.
8: So me and Takapina made the same point last week. I made it here, Joe made it on Aaron Burnett show on CNN, that if they really do indict Donald Trump, listen, you know I love Trump. And uh, he and I are starting to have a bit of a relationship through other folks. I love him. But it's very hard to make Donald Trump a sympathetic figure. <laughs> I mean, like me. I mean, come on. Stop. But the Democrats are doing just that. If they indict Trump, and I, I don't think they will, but if they do, and they arrest Donald Trump, he becomes a sympathetic figure. Because like him or not, you may dislike him. That's fine. You can't arrest a man who did not break the law. And if they do that, they're going to make his path back to Pennsylvania Avenue even easier. And he knows that. Look, Trump's a smart guy. He's a smart son of a bitch. He knows the deal. He get everybody all ginned up, go out there and protest. These guys are coming at me for no reason. He's exactly right. Even Chris Sununu, this moron on CNN, the governor. Who uh, says that uh, Trump shouldn't run and Trump should not? Even he said this weekend that you go after Trump, you make him a sympathetic figure. Chris Sununu Lewis, cut number six.
12: I think there's a lot of unknowns. I I can tell you, uh, I think it's building a lot of sympathy uh, for the former president. I think the fact that I was with Coffee this morning with some folks, and and there's every, not none of them were, were big Trump supporters, but they all said. Uh, you know, they felt like he was being attacked. And as you pointed out, this is likely some sort of misdemeanor on an issue seven years ago. This has nothing to do with January 6th. There's folks out there that still think this has something to do with, with January 6th. So um, I just think that the, the not just the media, but really uh, a lot of the Democrats have misplayed this in terms of building sympathy for the former president. And it, it does drastically change the paradigm as we go into the twenty four election.
8: All right. Again, my mother, Naomi, coming back on 805. You wanted her back by popular demand. You know, I spoke to my mom on Saturday. She sounded great. She really did. And um, I have no idea what she's going to talk about today. Something tells me she's going to be very upset about Trump. (laughs) She's not going to be happy about Eric Adams saying nice things about Joe Biden. And... I think I'm going to visit my daughter Ava in Wales sometime soon. So, Rara, Grandma Naomi, she's going to be happy about that. She comes your way at 8:05, in between which Lowry and Alan Dershowitz on this epic Monday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
5: The
10: digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report, call 1-800-862-6970, and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to
2: digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice.
10: Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, life is not fair and then you die. That is the cliche, Um, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that if you live in the United States of America. Number one, our chief benefit here is a constitution that allows many of us, I think most of us, to pursue happiness. We have a shot at putting together a life that is satisfying and rewarding. If we follow the rules, you got to work hard, you got to be honest, you've got to get educated. Those are the rules or learn a trade. If you can fix something, you're going to make a good living anyway. So we do have opportunity and many of us enjoy ourselves. But the downside is very few Americans prepare for the worst and the worst is going to happen to you. It's just inevitable. Because life isn't fair and then you die. What you have to do is anticipate illness and therefore put together a good medical team, a physician you can get on the phone who cares about you, medical insurance that you can rely on, all right? a team of people who can come over to your house should you need them. This is just one thing. You've got to anticipate that bad things are going to happen and think about how to protect yourself against those bad things. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis
1: later on. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
8: A sunny day. That's something new here in New York City. 7.30. Temperatures in the 50s. We're going to get close to 70 degrees either Tuesday or Wednesday, but some rain. And then back in the 50s and 40s. And we're not there yet, folks, but baseball season right around the corner. Before we talk to Rich Lowry, my mother, Noam and Alan Dershowitz, and Dan Mason. That's quite a run. A great run about to come your way. Noam, all the years you've been in radio, how many years? 20. Uh, about
6: that, right? Yeah. Yeah.
8: You're, you're exceptional at it. you you're not oh, even, you. You're not good. You're great. Oh, thank you. Uh, Deb Valentine, I miss her. Great lady. Um, but you're really great at this. You really are. Um, and you uh, used to work with us when the I-Man w- was, uh, was at WABC. I, I did, yeah. Yeah. And you guys hated each other. Oh, my God. Men. Yeah, with the passion. But you would admit, as much as you hated the I-Man, right. that he was a legend
6: in this business. Of course. You Absolutely. Know, yeah. When they asked me to come work there, I, was, yeah, I said yes instantly.
8: Right. I mean, you, when you write the book, you're Stern, I miss Limbaugh. Uh, I guess Bob Grant. I don't need me. I don't know. Uh, yes, I did include myself. Boy, I become a Rushmore dick. there.
6: Mountain Rushmore. There you are. Well,
8: Rosenberg. Uh,
11: well, Imus, it, it, well if, this,
6: if
8: this continues, they're going to have to include me in that. Maybe I'm being a bit premature. I'm the first to admit that. But I'm trying to be funny. But my point is to you, on an average, on an average month or book,
6: I don't even know the answer to this. What were I Imisses
0: numbers? Curious.
6: I think he got like um. Two nine, if it was really good, maybe a three. Maybe a three.
8: Does that uh, sound right to you, Lewis? Maybe a three.
6: In my experience, those uh, sound right. approximately correct.
8: Yeah, the third week of February, I got an eight point four.
6: <laughs> yeah, you tripled his numbers essentially.
8: Yeah, last month, I got a seven point six. I know it's twelve plus. I get it, which is a much bigger demo than twenty-five to fifty-four year old men. Much bigger, seven point six. The closest to me was ten ten wins at a five point five. I blew out the competition. I am on pace, and the numbers come out today at noon to do a seven seven for February, including an eight point four in the third week. Have you ever heard these types of numbers in this particular genre of radio?
6: No. Uh, even when Howard Stern was back on terrestrial radio all those years ago, he didn't get numbers like no. that. No, he did not. No, he'd get like a six share, and he would. He'd walk all, all over Manhattan like he was the king of New York.
8: Well, he was, and he is. And he's the greatest of all time, and that's a huge number. And, uh, again, I don't, I'm not sure what demo he was using. 25 to 54, 6 plus, 12 plus, I don't know. I don't care. The idea that six year old people don't matter only lives in one place, that stupid New York message board. Even Alan Sniffin. where the hell is uh, Justin Ellick, the dentist who runs that New York City message board? Which only people in the business do you read that message board? Yeah, once in a while. <laughs> you can't help yourself, can you? Yeah. Even Alan Sniffin, who has been a he's been pretty critical of me over the years. He has said time and time again that I belong doing sports and you know I'm entertaining, there's no doubt about it, but it's an old demo here and blah blah blah. Even Alan Sniffin seems to be coming around. What did Mr. Sniffin write yesterday on the eve of of what's going to be another not big but
12: huge book for us here in the mornings. What did he write? Well, Sid, uh, he had some nice things to say about you. Here we go. Alan Sniffin, Quote, I like Sid on radio. I wish him continued success. Also, let's point out that AM radio is not going to attract younger demos, no matter what it does. Sid is succeeding with the hand he's been dealt. That's better than not succeeding with it. A lot better. I also think the show is better with him solo at the helm. What now? I was never a fan of Bernie on the air, uh, in parentheses. Great with Imus as his producer, though. Move Sid over to FM doing any kind of talk, and his demos would be where his critics think they should be. Yeah,
8: I mean, I could do that with the Bernie stuff. That was kind of dicky. That, that was but, a little dicky. You're right. But
12: the, the point about
8: if I was on FM radio, maybe it silence some of the critics, but I think it even makes it more difficult. To get those types of numbers. Being that we're only on AM. Ten ten Wings is on AM and FM. WFAN is on AM and F N. FM I should say.
12: Well, some of these um some of these numbers are uh, are pretty good, no? Uh they're better than good. They're like the best numbers I think I've ever seen in my entire life. There you go. And yeah, I agree with you. I think uh I think doing it on uh on AM radio uh even proves it further, to be honest with you. It'd be easier for you to get Huge numbers on FM radio. Well, here's a text from somebody I, I uh, love and, and uh, respect, and I'm not going to say who it is. But
8: reason we go with persons 12 plus is because that's what Nielsen publishes, not men 25 to 54. By the way, our audience is almost 49 percent female. Mm-hmm. Females count too in society, right? They do.
12: Uh, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
8: I thought so. Girls count. Old people count. So uh, this person goes on to say, reason we go with Persons 12 Plus is because that's what Nielsen publishes. Anyone can come up with their own stories for other demos, like 25 to 54-year-old men. What is that? iHeart has been always using 12 Plus. So now, how do they like it? (laughs) You tell me, uh, Noam, you were there for all those years at WOR. I actually bumped into a former salesperson that used to work here. His name is John. I like the guy. And uh, he said that he's sick of hearing my name. I said, what do you mean sick of hearing my name? We haven't worked together in years. He said, oh, all I got to hear about from Tom Cuddy is Sid this, Sid this, yeah. Sid this. Because obviously Michael Reeddown and Lynn Berman don't even
6: compete. I mean, what I do to them, I should be, I should be put in prison. Forget about Donald Trump. <laughs> I should be put in prison. It is not even close. And yes, your name would come up in those post-morning show meetings. Oh, so you heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for some of them. And now you and Lou, who were there
8: not that long ago, now you're living in the promised land. You're happy, Noam? I am. Is this the happiest point of your career?
6: This is the most fun. Uh, I'm, you know, you're going to think I'm just saying no, this to I'm no, there, the but it, are, it is the most you're just fun I've ever. Me. Don't, yeah, don't well, do what Curtis does. He's already suspended. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I've told this to my wife. It's the most fun I've ever had in radio. Right? Wow. Now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Lewis, That's, you feel the same? Nah.
0: So I, I kind of miss it down there a little bit. I, <laughs> yeah, I figured that was the case. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Alan Stiffen can write that, <laughs> too, if he wants. <laughs> Take really? that.
1: Yeah. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. <laughs>
7: I wish you were my
8: enemy. Tears for Fears. do want to make the point when the numbers come out at noon today that while this show specifically is destroying all of New York City and, and every radio station that has any success, it begins with the morning show. If you don't have a good morning show, you're basically dead in the water. But it is worth pointing out the whole station is doing great, and that is a testament to the leadership of John and Margot Katsimatidis. And Chad Lopez, uh, those three people deserve a ton of credit. John, Margot, and Chad, so thank you for your leadership. It is 743 on your Monday morning. We put this time aside every week for the man. He's the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, does all that stuff. And he's just uh, perfect for a Monday morning. My friend, Rich Larry, Rich, good morning, pal. How are you?
14: You know, I feel a lot of pressure, that, that run-up with all the ratings talk. I can't blow it for you, Sid.
8: No, no, no. You're one of the reasons why <laughs>
14: that's the impossible. case. It's impossible to blow for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Congratulations <laughs> again. It's amazing. Thank, thank you. uno.
8: Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm going to blow out, blow the field away this month again, and that sets up for a great winter book on March. But you're one of the reasons why that's the case, because you really are a great guest every Monday. I can't think of a better way to start the week. And, of course, the biggest story is my friend President Trump He put on his social media Saturday. He's going to be arrested tomorrow, Tuesday. I don't think he's going to get arrested. Uh, I don't because, look, uh, you, you have to commit a crime to be arrested. And even though I think that the fat, stupid Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, is dying to arrest him, he's dying to. So is the AG, Letitia James. You just can't arrest somebody without a crime, and there's no crime here. So despite what Trump has been saying and ginning up his base, I don't think the president gets arrested tomorrow.
11: What do you think?
14: I think Bragg is probably going to go go through with it. Um, it's not going to be a arrest in the sense that you know cops show up at, at Mar-a-Lago and take him away. But I think he's going to have to uh, make his own way to, to New York and get processed. You know, fingerprinted, mugshotted. Oh no way! The, the whole, the whole nine. What's years the yet? crime? No, what's the crime? Uh, well, the crime is ridiculous, but it's the Stormy Daniels payment and uh, well, but What's
8: the crime this, of the payment? I, I, it, I, I can this, pay anybody I want to shut up.
14: Oh yeah, no hush, pay, hush payments are, are legal. Right. But they're going to say they booked it as legal fees rather than what it was and then it was in that's just a misdemeanor, but they're going to say it was in service of some sort of campaign finance violation making it a felony. Well, so they can it's say a that ridiculous <laughs> fabricated. Have
8: crime. they been able to prove that that's the case?
14: No, I I I Look, they could get a, a jury, a New York jury, to convict him. I think eventually he'll, even if that happens, he'll get off. But the uh, as as Miranda Devine, our our friend uh, and colleague, wrote today, that the process is the punishment. He wants. The fingerprints. He wants the mugshots, and I'm talking about Alvin Bragg, of course. And mugshots aren't supposed to be made public in in New York. What, what's the over under on how long it takes us to see the mugshots It this happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, someone will instantly leak them just to humiliate the guy, and that's the point of it. Um, and it, he'll go up ten points in the in the uh, nomination uh, polls because everyone will uh, rally to him because this this is absurd and shouldn't happen. Um, and 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 the, and there we go. I, I'm not sure it's going to happen tomorrow, but I do think it's going to
8: happen. Okay. Look, I, I, um, I'm a huge supporter, as you know, and my best, best friend of 43 years, Joseph Takapina, talks to the president about 30 times a day, and has done every show yep. possible from Aaron Burnett yeah. to Levin last night to Hannity. So I got a little bit of a, of, a, of a lying to the president. In fact, his advisor and counsel, Boris Epstein, will join me for the second time in five days coming up tomorrow. So I kind of know what's going on a little here. Uh, and um, I, and I do love him, and he's got my vote. But But I did cringe. When I wrote when I saw the word protest in the post on Saturday, not because he said anything wrong. It is the American right to protest. He can say that. But being that January 6th has not been swept under the rug just yet. And even those claims are ridiculous because, again, he incited nothing that day. I'm not sure using the word protest is in the president's best interest.
14: Yeah, and you've seen it in the reaction. You know, Kevin McCarthy yesterday. Eh, I don't know about protests. Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, who's no no wimp. So let's not protest, just because obviously yeah. if someone throws a, a beer can at a protest, it's going to be made into another insurrection. And then, God forbid, if you have some idiots thinking they can do a January 6th at the, the New York courthouse, they'll learn the New York City police uh, are, are not, uh, like the Capitol Police, you know, it's not going to go well. Um, so, so hopefully that, that won't happen. But there might, you know, no matter what Trump says, there might be some spontaneous you know, gatherings and demonstrations. This thing will, will further rip the country apart. There's no reason to violate the norm. We haven't gone after uh, former presidents or presidential candidates. Everyone honors Gerald Ford for partnering uh, Richard Nixon. So, so to do this is just Alvin Bragg looking for his moment of glory and, uh, as I say, ho- hoping to humiliate the former president.
8: You know, Rich, there are some people that think Trump wants it to happen because whether it was Taco or with Aaron Burnett last week or countless other places – There seems to be – I'm not sure it's a consensus yet, but it's certainly a widespread opinion that if Trump does get indicted and arrested, that that makes his path back to Pennsylvania Avenue even easier. So you said Alvin Bragg wants the fingerprints and the mugshot. I'm not even sure the yeah. president doesn't want that too.
14: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's shrewd enough to realize it's going to help him in the nomination battle. But then the question is, does it help him in a general? And and there, I think it's uh, much more an open question, and very well may not. So this is where Alvin Bragg and Democrats they may be thinking, let's humiliate and indict him a couple times, right? Because th- then he's guaranteed to be the nominee, and then we can beat him in the general. So that might be the political calculation.
8: Now you know, of course, that uh, I may be one of the few people in this country. That has a pipeline to President Trump and the mayor, Eric Adams, one being a staunch Republican, yeah. one being a Democrat. Uh, and, and I defend Adams all the time, and I like him. We meet a lot. We talk quite a bit. But every now and then he does something I just can't defend, and I'm starting to get a little tired of it. Like when he made these points about Joe Biden yesterday. These are stupid. They're ridiculous. They make no sense, and I can't defend any of it. Let me play this for you. This is Mayor Eric Adams. Talking about this DNC coming to New York, cut number 11, believe it or not, extolling the virtues of Joe Biden. Cut number 11.
7: Now, I was with President Biden when he came. He spent the day with you. It was one <laughs> okay. of his favorite days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? And I know you're going to be on his advisory committee. Yes, yeah. So what kind of advice are you giving to him or other Democrats running about how they should talk about crime in 2024?
5: Well, I think it, I think it's two different conversations. Uh, I think uh, President Biden is a blue collar president. Like I like to believe I'm a blue collar mayor. and he's a plain talking producer. He has produced, you know, and it's unfortunate the noise is getting in the way of what he has produced. This has been a, a a a president that has navigated us out of COVID, navigated us out of the infrastructure bill. He just he just keep putting up putting points on the board. Yeah. He needs to keep doing what he's doing, but uh, but he is he is the. Key singer, his backup singers need to get on key.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. So I don't know that every member of Congress likes to be called a backup singer, but (laughs) but it's all right. But they gotta sing the same message.
8: So he's right in one respect that his administration, his quote unquote backup singers are no good, but to say that Joe Biden is a blue collar president and is doing a good job, it's not his fault his backup singers aren't singing the same tune. What am I missing, Rich?
14: Yeah, we we know we know all blue-collar families get million-dollar payments from, from Chinese entities, right? That that happens all the time. So, I mean, the problem with Eric Adams, he's a Democrat, right? So yeah. w- what is he going to say? He has to say something favorable, and whatever you say favorable about Joe Biden is, is likely to be uh, wrong or ridiculous, and there you are.
8: don't you think that saying something favorable is one thing? It seems like he goes above and beyond. I mean, to compare yourself favorably, you can say, hey, look, he's in a tough spot and the country's in a tough spot. He's doing the best he can. That's one thing. But to say, hey, I'm like him? Why would you want to compare yourself to the worst quarterback in the league? I, mean, do you, I, mean, I don't know. It's right?
14: something for you to take up with our fine hair. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm
8: gonna to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it because I just, uh, I just don't get it. So now the question becomes, right, with all this stuff surrounding Donald Trump, he is on record saying a couple of weeks ago, they can indict me a thousand times. I'm still going to run. And if they don't put him in prison, which they can't do for any of these offenses, not January 6th, not Georgia, not Mar-a-Lago, not this nonsense, uh, they can't put him in prison. So he's going to run with all these indictments. What do you think that does for him down the road?
14: Well, uh, as we've discussed, it helps him in the nomination battle. And you know, if there's a trial, I don't even know what the timing would be. It's be just so bizarre. Were they going to have a, a trial, you know, during the Iowa caucuses or, or something for this ridiculous offense? You know, he doesn't have to be there, and I imagine he he won't be there. But it will be a, a distraction. Um, but it'll just be, you know, a key part of the Trump message is they hate me, they hate you. They'll do anything to distort the system to get us. And that they don't abide by the rules. And this is just like the Alvin Bragg just raising his hand, his hand saying, yep, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so it, it really uh, reinforces his, his message. You know, he said, CPAC, I'm your retribution. This For a lot of Republicans, this is, this is going to lead them to, to nod and say, yeah, we need retribution.
8: You mentioned our colleague and friend earlier, Miranda Devine, the New York Post. Again, she was out there yesterday, her and Jim Comer out of Kentucky Talking about the Biden family corruption last week, Comer told us it's not just Jimmy, Joe, and Hunter. There's like six of them. Yep. There's uh, Haley and a bunch of other people. And I said last week, I said, "Listen, wake me up when when there's an indictment. I, I'm enough with the stories. I love Miranda. She's brilliant. She's done great investigative work. Hard Tucker Carlson, Tony Bobulinski. Wake me up when there's an indictment, or else this is going on for two years.
11: Where are we going?
14: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I, I, don't, I don't think we're gonna see. An indictment anytime soon. I mean, it's the way the justice system works here. Just imagine, you know, you can do the, if it was Trump thing a lot, but imagine if there's a revelation that the Democrats had the House and they're doing an investigation and they found out that Don Jr. and, you know, Laura got, got some huge, huge payment that was spread all, all around the Trump family. Wow. It would be a thermonuclear story, <laughs> thermonuclear, you know, and this, this is the Biden family business uh... underlined family it, it wasn't uh... just hunter you know um Joe's uh, brother is a, is a lobbyist and with the last name Biden. And what that means is shower me with money because my brother is powerful. You know, and Hunter's business model, shower me with money because my father was powerful. And it turns out a lot of other Bidens, you know, anyone there in the family tree was getting it, too. It's outrageous.
8: Last one. I know you're a big baseball fan like me. You're a big Yankee fan. I'm a big Met fan. And I'm on record for years, dating 20 years ago. I hate the World Baseball Classic. I don't know how you take my players— who are making hundreds of millions of dollars out of spring training when they're training to win a World Series to play some meaningless game. I know the players love it. I know Japan gets great ratings in Puerto Rico. I don't care. They're getting paid in the United States by the Mets, the Yankees. Now, I lose my closer for the year. Jose Altuve is out for three months for the Astros. How do you keep playing this stupid classic at the risk of losing Major League Baseball players' best players?
14: Yeah, if I'm an owner, I don't let my players do it now the diaz thing is just a freak injury right and you know he could have been uh shagging flag balls and and down in uh florida and it it could have happened too but it's it's galling you know celebration injury i had a celebration injury myself once like alone in front of my tv which uh, made, made me realize i can't make any any uh any sharp moves anymore i just i hopped slightly up you know, when the Yankees beat the Indians a couple of years ago, yeah. it's like 11:30 at night. and I felt this rolling sensation <laughs> on the bottom of my leg. I was like, "Is that an Achilles tendon?" Did you it actually turned out to be a strained calf? But I had to crawl oh into God. the bedroom and tell my wife, "I can't walk." You know, <laughs> I celebrated a Yankee win, so it shouldn't be happening to a closer. You know, at, at his prime. But yeah, it's going. I mean, the games are, are. I didn't stay up last night, but you know, they're pretty big crowds, and they, they seem ginned up. You know, the US was playing Cuba. I don't know who won. Uh, we won. The, the, US, the we U.S. won. quite a lineup.
8: Yeah, we did win that game. So. Yeah. Yeah, big deal.
14: But, but you, you should be, <laughs> the, the, you know. They, cool. still, yeah. they,
8: they still almost destroyed us during the uh, Castro-Kennedy era. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I think about Cuba, all I can think about is that beautiful brother and sister twin combination dying, literally dying at an airport in Brussels after an ISIS bomb went off and that moron Barack Obama doing the wave with Fidel Castro's brother oh, yeah, down yeah. in Havana. Oh. I'll never forget yeah, that. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. You the man, another great all appearance. Right. Said keep it up. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, brother. You're great. There he is every Monday morning. The editor of the National Review, Politico NBC, does it all. He's the perfect Monday morning guest. He's my friend Rich Lowry. Still a come. 905, former president of CBS, Radio Hall of Famer Dan Mason. Coming up at 840, big time attorney Alan Dershowitz. Can they even arrest President Trump? And eight oh five, my mom. All that and more. Second half of the Monday edition of New York's number one talk show, "Sit and Friends" in the morning continues right here on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC.
5: i
1: for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org 77 WABC This is sit friends in the morning No, I get by with
12: a little help from my friends I do not hate anyone I look for grace wherever I can find
10: it So I say this gently
12: The Biden administration sucks <laughs>
7: so much to believe in So lift your eyes if you feel you can reach for a star and I'll show
8: Air Supply is coming to the NYCB Theater at Westbury. Coming up on Saturday, August the 5th. Again, many, many years ago, I saw Air Supply at the Diplomat Hotel. We want to send you and a friend to the show for free. That's right. I've got a pair of tickets to see the iconic duo Air Supply perform all their classic kits, including this one. Lost in Love. You and a friend could be singing along to all your favorite air supply hits. Be calling number nine right now, 1-800-848-WABC. And will be heading to see Air Supply Saturday, August the 5th, 800-848-9222. And, of course, that was my um, man out of Louisiana, John Kennedy. <laughs> he went on to really just destroy the Biden administration. But my next guest penned this one, Creature... In the White House, and we have that somewhere, Lewis, right? Talking about Biden. My mother. The great no Naomi.
15: decent person would want to even do that.
8: No. What else you got? Here's a whole library of Naomi this stuff.
15: creature in the White House.
8: Yeah, whole library of Naomi stuff here. She's my mom. I love her desperately. And she's back by popular demand. You guys love her. Naomi Rosenberg. Mommy, how are you?
15: Hi, Sydney. How are you this morning?
8: I'm great. Uh, how proud of you, your daughter-in-law, after running Japan, the full marathon, two weeks ago, yesterday, did the New York half in like almost two She's hours. The best. Danielle's She's the, the best. best, right?
15: She's the best. She's delicious, and I love her desperately. She's the best. She's the best. She's the best.
8: Pretty good, anyway, right? Yeah. let's
15: get to it. With All
8: right, me. let's get to it. So so you have to be upset today. This they're they're talking about bag. arresting your boyfriend. What, What is that, Mom?
15: No, this dirt bag, this Alvin Bragg, oh. this... Dirt bag from the minute he opens his eyes in the day, in the morning. So the minute he closes them at night should no. be for good, this beast. Anyhow, his whole mission when he wakes up till he goes to sleep is to get Trump, get President Trump. That's his mission. You can't walk the streets in New York City without getting mugged, shot, maimed, all of the above. This is what he's not worried about in New York City not worried about one of the biggest cities in the country. Okay. He's worried about getting President Trump. This is a sick man who should really be put away. He's a sickness. He's unbelievable. I mean, you talk about the creature in the White House. We got a bunch of people working for our country that should be put away because one is worse than the next. You got this this press secretary, yeah. this this beauty who gets on on the on the air and talks such things. You got this VP who goes to the locker room of of a, a, a young people who lost and starts congratulating them and goes on and on. This hyena, this VP. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I could go on and on and on. You got this Biden family. One is worse than the next thieves getting millions of dollars. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And It just goes on and on and on. When does it end? I don't know. When does hey, it I, end? I even uh, when does it end? you know,
8: mom, I mean, that you know, mom, that i become friendly with the mayor because I want to help. And he's, oh, he's,
5: that's another thing. Oh, well, he, it he it can't, is can't is
8: be funny. saying what he said. He, he cannot go out there yesterday and extol the virtues of Biden and compare himself to Biden. He's done it before. I've yelled at him. He did it again yesterday. I mean, you know, mom, I'm starting to. Uh, I'm losing my patience with the mayor.
15: Can't do well, that. You know what? He's not on my. He's not on my. On my light this this mayor i want to get him he wants to take these people and put them in my backyard these 100 wow. immigrants he yeah. wants to give put them my i, I hate to say it to you. I, I was in
8: i was in Monticello this summer these migrants would actually help the uh, clientele up there no, i got to be honest
15: no <laughs> we don't know who we, he, we don't know who they are and he knows less this mayor he's going to put them in my backyard let him put them in his backyard. I am off the wall. I never, in all the years, Sydney, that we own our home up there, uh, including you, in all the years I, we bought that home. I mean, it's 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 a lifetime. I never yet locked the door. My avis went out during the summer with the friends, with the kids. Never locked the door. I can't leave my door open anymore after this animal does that. Let these people come in. We don't know who they are, Sydney. And they're in my backyard. Put them in your backyard, you, you mayor. Put them in your backyard. It was safe. It was wonderful. And now, God knows what's going to be. This is a terrible thing. I mean, you could just go Sydney from one to the next to the next to the. I mean, we got a bunch of people working (laughs) in this country. Oh, dear.
14: God above us. Is it fair to say, to Mom, begin? is
8: it fair to say in your, uh, how many years you've been on this planet, whatever it is, it's, it's up upwards of 85, uh, is this the worst you've ever seen it in your lifetime? The worst. The worst. The worst. Yeah. The
15: worst. Worst the than the worst.
8: Nixon era. Worse than even when Nixon was president, right? Even worse.
15: This is the worst. This, yeah. is, this is the worst. I mean, Carter, we thought, was the worst. Well, because he was a Jew hater. I mean, that's a fact of life. And every Jew knows that. He was an anti-Semite. He hated Jews. And that's where he... Wait was a
8: second. From. But wasn't he the one who got on Mars to die together with Israel and all that stuff? And oh, Camp David, on, Sydney. Please. I I know.
15: Everything, I know. Yeah. everything for publicity. Yeah. He yeah. was the worst, one of the worst Jew haters. He was one of the worst. Yeah. And let me tell you something. As bad as he was, this creature in the White House, now, <laughs> he does circles around him. You can't even make this up. This creature in the White House that we don't get rid of him? How could we have another two years of this beast? How could we do this and survive? We will not survive. Right now we're on the downslide. We are going in the pit. I don't know what to tell you about it, but it's you, young people, my grandchildren, your children, young people, what's ahead for them? What the hell do they have to look forward to? I don't know yet. I don't know. Maybe you could inform me. Maybe oh, I, you I, could Listen,
8: I, I don't. I mean, you listen to me every morning, Mom. You, one of the reasons why I'm number one in New York, you, uh, and your appearances, by the way. Uh, I don't. I, I, I am uh, steadfast on getting Trump back into office. DeSantis is a, is a nice enough guy. He's done a good job in Florida. Running one state is not running 50. And I don't know if Ron That's DeSantis back. can do the job. Right now, this country is in such dire need of help that I can't put in a guy who's never done it. I need a guy that for three and a half years distinguished himself as one of the great presidents in the history of this country, and that's only you one know, guy, Donald J. Trump.
15: And yeah. Sydney, performance speaks for itself. This man was in the White House and got everything right. He got everything right. I'm not talking about his personal nonsense. Who cares? He got every- for this country, he got everything right. So how could you I mean,
8: the me? The person- I mean, mom, mom, the same people that are killing Trump this morning for Stormy Daniels and blah, blah, blah. They voted for Bill Clinton. And you want to talk about animals. And I, mean, I happen to like Bill when he was the president, but this guy gave Paula Jones $850,000, not 130000 because he took his uh, penis out. And then and, and, and Monica Lewinsky and Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, the same folks that voted for Kennedy, who was the biggest whore ever, are down on Donald oh, Trump. I don't want to hear worst, this stuff. The
15: worst. The worst. I mean, he, his favorite... The woman of the whole world was Marilyn Monroe. Everybody knows that. And then he I killed mean, her. Come
8: on. Then he killed her.
15: Come on. Come on. <laughs> what are you kidding? <laughs> no. What are you kidding me? Oh, I mean, you, please, you please. can't make this stuff up. But getting back to our president, Donald Trump, we got to do something to, to save him. I don't know what we're going to do. we got to get these Republicans out there. we got to do something to try to save this man, to keep him and get him back in the White House. Because without him, we're dead in the water.
8: Well, what is... uh, You know, I've been contacted again by our mutual friend, Susan Brown Otto, in uh, Bethel in upstate New York, by the house, you know. Right. And uh, she wants you to get involved in local politics. I don't know if you're serious about it or not, Mom, but is that something you want to do?
15: Yeah, no, of course. Of course. I would be there to help 100%, 1,000%,
8: Yeah, of course. Well, you you have to throw your hat in the ring.
15: I had given her... I had given her my info, my number, like going back when we did all that walk and everything. She can get definitely get in touch with me. I'll be going home right after Passover. Right after Passover, I'm no. going back home. I mean, I had enough. No, have you I'm replied yet? Have
8: you replied to uh, Tucker and Sean Hannity? They've asked you to come on the show. Have you replied yet?
15: I haven't replied yet. No. No, no. Because I've been here, you know, and I've got to be home. i yeah. got to be home. I'm back only, in I'm
8: only kidding, Mom. Uh, Sean Hannity it's did not really ready reach out to you. I'm only kidding.
15: No, I know, yeah. I know. But you go? But I'm, you I'm, would go I'm going but along with you. You love, you I mean, love Sean Hannity, thing. though.
8: You would go on his show in two seconds, right?
15: Oh, sure. I, either one. Either one. Either yeah. one. I respect both of them, and I love where they're coming from because they're my people. What could I tell you? You know, I mean, if it, we need votes, we got them, but we need people to get on the on the you know, talk about us and our people and what we need to get President Trump back in there, then he's our people. We need them. We need them desperately. We need a lot of them.
8: We started this conversation by talking about how proud you are of uh, Danielle. But another person, if you watch Fox News all the time, I know you do, Mom. He was on Hannity last week, Levin last night. He's even gone on CNN and MSNBC. That's a whole other story. But how about my old friend Joe Tacopina?
15: Oh, I mean, Daddy loved when he used to drive with you guys to Polly. Oh, he loved yeah. when, when he was in the car with you, Sydney. He loved Tack. He yeah. loved that kid. You know that. Yeah. So Daddy must be smiling when he sees Tack. You yeah. know. Yeah. Because you know he he, he, was,
8: he wasn't tacked. happy one time when he bought the new Cadillac and Tacka with a pen in his back pocket and walked up the whole back seat. <laughs>
7: Moron. <laughs>
8: uh, yeah. So, listen, uh, we um we miss Ava, like, a lot. So we are considering going to visit her in the next couple of weeks. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen your granddaughter since January 2nd when she got on the plane at Newark Airport. Oh, so. And she's doing great, you know. And, I don't know. I understand. know. I
15: miss her, too. And she's very far away. And, you know, I guess somehow, some way, when she gets back in the States, you know, that uh, I'll get to see her sooner or later because yeah. I do miss her and and I'm just hope she's safe and careful and and if you do get to go to see her, you'll give her hugs and kisses from Rara, that's yeah. for sure.
8: Is it amazing, Mom, when you consider that come November, not that far away, little Gaby is gonna be fifteen?
15: Fifteen. I Mom. can't, Sydney. When did this happen? I he was know. just born. I know. He's gonna be fifteen years old, this big tall chooch. You know. He's adorable. He is just so precious. I love both of them desperately, both of these kids. They're just the best.
8: So what are you going to do for uh, Passover? Whatever
15: we got to do. Yeah.
8: Huh? What are you doing for Passover? What's What's the plan? you Are you going to be in uh, Florida? There
15: is no real plan because I'm here, you know, when I'm home. I make and I do, but you know. I'm here. And Sherry supposedly is going to come and Jennifer is going to come with oh, the kids. So that's great. So,
8: so you're not so going to be alone. It.
15: No, I won't be alone. I'll be with the uh, Sherry and uh, the yeah. kids, you know. So, have you been going and down to uh, be. you've been going not out the you, same be... Sydney. It's no. not the same when no. Mommy used to make. No, I know. Big sure. dinners and no. and all this wonderful stuff. But nice. I try to make, you know, Sydney I try to look at the glass half full. Not half empty. Yeah. That's just the way I live my life because I have no other choice.
8: It's me going yeah. down to South Beach, Ma, going to the clubs and stuff, getting crazy, drinking yeah, shots, wish, the whole thing. I wish,
15: didn't he? No, I do nothing. Nothing. I sit and think about your dad. Look at his picture. Oh. I made Sherry bring me his picture here with him with the saxophone in his face. Yeah. And I sit every single day. I talk to him. And every day I look and I say, how could a most beautiful person like this? Oh. Brilliant. And beautiful and giving and caring, a heart of gold. How could he leave this world? How, yeah. What happens to him? What happened to him? What happened to your dad, Lee? It, it, I just could go on and on, but that's not the time and place. So, with that said, we got to make sure that we get our Trumps back in. We got to get our President Trump back in there, save our nation, save our country, get rid of these dirt bags. This Alvin Bragg, get rid of this dirtbag, like I said, to reiterate and repeat myself, all he thinks about the minute he wakes up, to the minute he goes to sleep, because he does nothing else. You can't walk the streets of New York City without getting mugged and, and beaten up and robbed and all the above. He worries about getting Trump, get Trump. This is his whole thing in life, this Alvin Bragg. Are you kidding me? Him and this Biden? I mean, this creature in the White House, he has nothing to think about when when we are selling us out to every nation that hates us, every other country in the world that hates us. He's selling us out to them. I mean, because he's on the take. Yep. I mean, I have numbers, numbers, $610,000, his brother. Oh, that's this nothing. Haley Biden got twenty five million. Yeah, millions. This no, James Biden oh. got $360,000. Yeah. Yep. this. Hunter Biden got six hundred and ten thousand dollars. Even
8: Haley I mean, Biden got money. Even Haley Biden. Now there's six or seven 000. Bidens. Yeah,
15: yeah. twenty five thousand dollars to yeah. Haley Biden.
8: <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, listen. I mean, I have to go now, Mom. That's it. We're done. What else you want to say quickly on the way out? To on listeners. the way
15: out, we got to pray and and mm. do everything we possibly can within within the right things to do to mm. get our president. Donald J. Trump back in the White now, House. Now, if
8: he does that get arrested way. tomorrow, will you uh, run out in Aventura with signs, yelling and screaming, and uh, the oh, whole thing? Oh
15: my God, I'll be sick. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be regurgitating. I'll be throwing <laughs> up. Okay, <laughs> all right, don't do that.
3: Look.
8: Why don't you wish now, uh, the listening audience a happy Passover and, and all that and Easter and all that good stuff?
15: Yes, I do wish all the all of our Jewish friends, all of our kinfolk, the happiest and healthiest. Pesach Passover as we know it and to all my Christian friends a happy and a healthy Easter. Right, so I'd watch all of my people, all of the all of my fans and all of my people. All of my and fans. with this I say Sydney Ferris, I love you, my Danielle, my Ava, my Gabriel, and whatever you decide to do, I'll miss you. But I do love you desperately. Son. Oh, I love you too. And I'm I love you. am very proud of you. Oh, thank very you. Oh, It's not me cry Daddy when you say is that. Looking down. I know that your father is looking down and saying, My boy, my only son, my boy, Sydney, how he loved you. God, watch you, Sydney. Be safe.
8: God oh, I love you. Thanks. He does it every time. I love you too, Mom. And I love you too, Dad. I'll be right back.
1: In the morning, 77 WABC.
8: Good old Naomi, she did it again. Mentions my dad, and I start to cry, of course, and then so does the listening audience like Olga Pizzamenti on um, Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, I really love your mom. Today she made me laugh and cry. Kelly Baumeister, I love her. David Dill, said, your mom's a gem. She's so great. Lisa Gangi, Anthony Barbaris, Marion uh, Cartusi. The list goes on, uh, Mark St. Here. I, I can't uh, read them all, but she uh, she did good, my mom. So thank you, Naomi. Coming up at 840, Alan Dershowitz, the, uh, the big-time attorney. Will President Trump be indicted arrested? All that tomorrow or not? Once again, um, I don't think so because... He hasn't broken a law. I don't know what uh, Alvin Bragg is going to arrest him on. He has not broken a law. In fact, he's done nothing wrong. Dan Mason, at one point the president of CBS Radio, a Radio Hall of Famer, he will join me coming up at 9.05. We'll play Sid's take later on today. And I think the guys from Global Security Group are coming into it about 9.25 because it is your right now as a law-abiding citizen, thanks to the Supreme Court, to carry a concealed weapon. I'm going to get myself a gun.
11: What do you mean no, Phil? Why no? No. No what? you? I'm nervous when you hold a pen, let alone a gun. <laughs> fine. I'm going to learn no, how to not, do it. No, that's simply not fine. No, I'm, they, they train you the right way. I, they could train whatever you want. They don't understand who they're dealing with here in this situation. You, Why, have, you think I'm unhinged? You think I, I, I don't have... know if you're unhinged. You are like an emotional roller coaster. God knows what you will do with a weapon on you sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a dangerous sight. And I'm right in your line of sight, too. I mean, I could duck. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm through like the glass. Are. This glass is not bulletproof. All the people,
8: all the psychos you work with at this station, you should be least concerned about me. That's probably, psychos. That's probably fair. Kelly, Sleba, these aren't normal people. They have no right even leaving their house, quite frankly. you worried about me? I had a suspend Sleba as it is, which, you know, I, I almost went back on it at 645. But you and Lou were, were, were so happy I suspended them that I just I kept it that way you feel bad about it now? Well, I was feeling bad about it, but you guys made it clear that I should sp- suspend them even longer. <laughs> the two of you, I mean, you, hate them.
11: Whoa. That's not true. Is it's very close.
8: Strong. And uh, Lou wasn't even talking. For Lou not to talk, you know that I'm right on the money. And it wasn't like Noam was all broken up about it either. I mean, <laughs> not one person went to Curtis's defense. Not one. Between Justice or Justice. Justin, Nome. See, Justice Force served. That's right. Ooh, that was a little slip. That's exactly right. Correct. Phil and Got Lewis, it. not one of you guys came to his defense. And and you won't think he's good on the air. He's very good with me. His show is just okay. It's not great. He gets
11: less than a three because all he does is talk about me. Well, but when he's on with me, he's great. Yeah. it's You know what it is? He, ma- he, he makes it known that he makes a lot of enemies. He doesn't have many friends. And that includes us. Like, he'll get the opportunity, even during his own show, to, like, you know, Throw, I would say, jabs, but they're full-blown haymakers at us, too. So it's hard to defend a guy when he hops on air and just kills everyone. Well, that's his shtick, though. People like it's, that. It's his shtick, but then you're, yeah. you're not going to be, you know, you're going to have some enemies. That's, well, that's oh, shtick, he's got right? some enemies, all right. <laughs> Does he?
8: Oh, he's got some. And, and these are not people that you uh, necessarily want uh, to be your enemies. So. Is is that the issue here? Is it, Are the enemies speaking out? I'm not going to share that just yet. Okay. Until Curtis is on the cover of the New York Post.
6: No, what do you got today, buddy? You know, they say silence is golden. Of course, may, may not be the case when it comes to radio. Unless you find yourself in what is considered the quietest room in the world, Microsoft has built this uh, anechoic chamber at the company's headquarters in Redmond, Washington. And um, they've lowered the decibel rate that the lowest possible it can be. I mean, they they spent years building this thing. It has like six layers of concrete and steel. It's um, disconnected from any surrounding building. So if you go in there. By the way, it sounds like a place that Curtis may in fact end up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tied up in a suit, yeah. yeah. So... This is apparently the Guinness Book of World Records went in there, and they say this is the quietest place on Earth. So if you are to go into this chamber, they've never been to a Biden rally, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) If you're able to, if you go into this chamber, uh, Sydney, the things you will hear are this: your heartbeat. Oh my god normally you don't hear your heartbeat right? right on a normal day but in this chamber after a couple minutes of being in complete silence the only two things you will hear or the three things you will hear is your heartbeat your breathing my god. <laughs> That's how a normal person breathes. No. You don't yeah. hear it, right? You don't hear when you're breathing.
0: So you who who is that? Is that Kevin Drosch? <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on, <laughs> it's him it with one of those porn channels on it. <laughs> <laughs>
6: So uh, you can hear your breathing, your heartbeat, and then the other thing that you would hear is the grinding of your bones. I mean, you you don't realize this, but your bones, they grind when you're in silence. No, they don't. Yes. Let me hear it. I don't have any
11: tape of that. Thank God. But I have some uh, bone-grinding sounds on my phone, but I don't know if I can play them. (laughs) That's okay. Thank you,
0: Phil. That's the individual who doesn't need a gun right (laughs) there.
7: Right. He's right about me. He's got (laughs) got bone-grinding sounds on his his phone. phone. I'll show you guys those videos after the So when
6: when they created this silence room, they wanted to use it for all different kinds of experiments. But what they found was that nobody could sit in this room for an extended period of time because they started to go out of their mind, right? Because all you freak out. Yeah, you'd be hearing the breathing. I I remember
8: once uh, when I was in uh, rehab, I um, right, not that I'm proud of it, but I think it's, it's worthwhile talking about it, that one of the exercises that I did was, I didn't do it, they did it was they actually put me in a coffin.
6: You're kidding.
8: Swear to God. And they actually asked me for pictures of my wife and my children at the time. Gabriel wasn't born. It was just Danielle and Ava. And they put it on top of the coffin, and they stuck me in it, and they closed it. And the lady, her name was Valerie, I'll never forget her, in, uh, at the Sunrise House in New Jersey, actually did like a whole 10-minute eulogy at my funeral. Wow. And I was inside this coffin, and I remember, to your point, I could hear myself breathing. My chest yeah. was like beating. My heart was beating out of my chest. So, when you're talking about this machine, it reminded me of that experience, which was a
6: very, very awakening experience. Well, so nobody's been able to stay in this quiet room for more than an hour. And that person who did it for an hour, they said they actually physically thought they were going out of their mind. So I reached out to uh, this, um, to this uh, center, the Microsoft Built Center, and I said, can you send me some of that sound of the silence so we can hear what it sounds like here and see if we're able to stand it. So everybody here would have to actually, to, to make this work, you'd have to turn off your microphones for a moment and uh, and then I can play. They sent me this sound of silence and I was able to, and I can play it for you. you. Want to hear what it sounds like? Absolutely. OK, but everybody's, everybody's got to turn off your mic. Turn off your mic. I'm going to turn off mine. And uh, just, you know, if you can't take it anymore, just let me know. And I will I will stop playing it. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't take it, you? No, I couldn't take it. You <laughs> 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 couldn't even start. Couldn't even... <laughs> I had just started playing it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to try one more time? No, that's okay. No, no. That's...
8: So where is this place now?
6: It's in uh, Redmond, Washington.
8: Redmond, Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like a good spot for yeah, spring great, break.
6: Yeah, Good vacation.
8: <laughs> yeah, sounds like fun. Jeez. Once again, Noam with his fingertips on the big story. Thank you for that, brother. That sure. was great. Again, excellent job.
1: Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
8: Well, the book is out, Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. There is no better constitutional attorney in the country than my friend Alan Dershowitz. book was uh, released back on March the 14th, and it's a great book, and you'll learn an awful lot about this, and with the potential arrest and indictment coming up tomorrow, Get Trump is exactly what that's all about as well. But, um, Alan, I'm a little disappointed. As great as this book is, where is my book on Brooklyn? I'm still waiting on that.
13: Well, you know, I've been working on that, but the Brooklyn story never ends. Every day there's a new Brooklyn story. So uh, one day I'll turn out the definitive book on Brooklyn. Old Brooklyn, New Brooklyn, Future Brooklyn, but
8: it's not there yet. Not there yet. Uh, You're right. I've already
13: written 52 books, so I have to get up to 60. It'll be about 55. 55.
8: Wait a, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah, I just released my second book this summer, and I'm exhausted. It was exhausting. You've written 52 books? Yep, yep, 52 <laughs> books. Yep,
13: and I've enjoyed every minute of writing. I love writing. I started writing my first book when I was in law school, and I've written 52 since, I'm working on my
8: 53rd. Is there a theme that—law, uh, obviously, it's law, but— is there one theme that is in most of the books or not really they're all? Well, I would say ten of my books are
13: about being Jewish and about Israel, uh, about twenty of my books are about law, uh, about civil liberties, um, you know, how to put law before politics, how to make sure we we support the law over partisan politics, and that's what get Trump's all about. Look, I'm a liberal Democrat. I didn't vote for Trump, uh, but I care deeply about the abuse of the process. And no prosecutor in recent years has abused the process more than District Attorney Bragg if he gets to uh, indict uh, Trump for this uh, crazy crime. I mean, you know, he's been working on it for years. Uh, he's been trying to find something, something. And after all these years, he produced a mouse, and the mouse's name is Mickey. It's a <laughs> Mickey Mouse prosecution. It makes no sense at all. It requires combining a state misdemeanor with a federal felony beyond the statute of limitations. It's a total abuse of prosecutorial discretion. You know, just as Robert Jackson, who was the greatest attorney general in our history, said once that any prosecutor rummaging through all the statute books can always manage to find something about anybody, and that's not the way you do it. What you do is if there's a crime, you look for who the criminal is. You don't name the criminal first and then look for the crime, and that's exactly what Bragg has been doing. His predecessor didn't indict. The federal government didn't indict for the same thing. The thing is seven years old. It's if anything a misdemeanor, probably not even that. And now they're trying to turn it into a felony. And this is the same district attorney who's been turning felonies, real felonies, into misdemeanors and not prosecuting uh, harshly enough for uh, street criminals and pe- people who really are dangerous. And instead, he's going after Trump. And that's why I wrote my book. at get Trump. You know, Stalin uh, and Lavrenti Beria, the head of the KGB, once had a conversation, and Beria said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And that's what happened here. Letitia James ran on the platform of getting Trump. I got the title of my book, Get Trump, really from Letitia James. And Bragg, similarly, he wants to get Trump. He doesn't care in the end if there's an affirmance or a reversal of conviction, he gets his perp walk, he gets his 15 minutes of fame, and maybe he gets reelected.
8: It's totally political. Well, here's my uh, opinion on the whole thing, okay? He's not getting indicted tomorrow. He's not getting arrested tomorrow because there is no crime. But here's what Donald Trump is a genius. He has been hammering, I mean hammering, Alan, Ron DeSantis in the latest polls, 15 points, 17 points, 21 points. But he knows, he knows that to win this, the GE at least, he needs to get a lot of that independent vote, and he's turned himself into a sympathetic figure by telling everybody, oh, my God, they're going to arrest me tomorrow. The truth is they can't arrest him because he has not committed a crime. So I really believe my friend the president has you know, kind of uh, choreographed this whole thing in an attempt, and it may be a genius move on his part, to gain people's uh, vote for him and, his, and their sympathy. How about that?
13: You might be right. He's also turned it into an anti-DeSantis campaign. Uh, his people have been saying, so, DeSantis, why aren't you condemning this prosecution? Everybody else is condemning it. Uh, where, Why are you silent? Aren't you on the side of law? Are you putting partisanship before principle? So he's turning it to his advantage. Uh, you know, I hope you're right. I hope he doesn't get indicted, because that would be good for America. Look, this, this would divide America. Well, how could
8: you indict him? Unlike, there's no crime. Uh, Alan, there's no crime. Well,
13: you know, that's the problem. You can indict people, as, as, as Chief Judge Walkler once put it. In New York, uh, you can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich.
4: Yes, yes.
13: Uh, and and in, in, in parts of Brooklyn, you can get them to indict a tuna sandwich. Which <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, and the problem is in New York with its jury pool, You might even get a conviction uh, based on no crime. You know, once when I was teaching uh, criminal law at Harvard, I taught for 50 years, I created a mock jury trial in which I brought people in off the street. And I had a prosecutor charge the guy with taking certain tax deductions, all of which were legal, but it ended up with him paying no taxes. But everything was legal. At the end, the jury convicted. They just didn't like the guy. They said, Why do rich people get away with this kind of stuff? I'm paying my taxes. So you can get juries to convict uh, on non crimes sometimes. And that's what the fear is here. Yeah. And, you know, I hope you're right. I hope it's just a, a manipulation where both sides are trying to take advantage of it. Bragg is taking advantage of. Um, seeming tough, and Trump is getting sympathy. I hope that's the way it turns I,
8: I out. think it is, Trump but again, I, I that. think that is the case, but I don't know. He'll be arrested tomorrow look like an idiot. But uh, I think I read this weekend, Alan, when I had Justin reach out to you, maybe it was on Saturday, in the New York Post, that I think you said, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, that if I was President Trump, even though we both agree that there is nothing here, there is nothing here, that I would still be nervous. Did you say that?
13: Yes, I would be nervous because even with nothing, you can produce something. And um, he has, after all, four investigations against him, uh, one in Florida for classified material, one in Washington for January 6th, one in Georgia uh, for that telephone call, and then, then this one. And, you know, as I've said before, sometimes when there's smoke, there's arson. Um, but, and that's what's going on here. But nonetheless, uh, I'd be worried. Uh, a worry to get about getting convicted falsely. I think he would win an appeal here, but that's a, that's a couple of years from now. And uh, of course, if they're trying to get him not to run, they haven't read the constitution. The constitution doesn't say anything about having to be not indicted to run, it's un- unlike Israel. In Israel, if you're convicted of a crime of moral turpitude, you can't be the uh prime minister, but in the United States. You can run even if you're convicted. Um, Mayor Curley, I think, ran for mayor while he was in prison. Um, And, you know, there are only a handful of criteria for running for president. He's over 35. He didn't fight in the Civil War against the North. That's one of the criteria. (laughs) And uh, he was born born in the United States. That's the hard one, because remember, Donald Trump said uh, that Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States. And they were both born in islands off the United States, one of them called Hawaii, the other one called Long Island. So, you know, maybe they'll make a thing about (laughs) Donald Trump not being born in the United States, but uh, that's a joke. And it's funny. He he satisfies
8: the criteria. No, he does. But I'll tell you what's frustrating for me, because I am a Trump supporter, unlike you. You you do support the Constitution. You're a fair man. I love you. Uh, But I'm a Trump supporter. Is... Unless all these people are lying, I don't think Miranda Devine's a liar. In fact, I think she's one of the best writers in the country in the New York Post every day. And Tucker and Tony Bobolinsky on that Fox News show, they have reams and reams and reams of information that directly points Joe Biden, along with his son and his brother and all these folks, to getting money from other countries, enemy countries, uh, illegally. Uh, so I don't understand why we're spending all this time trying to prosecute Donald Trump when it looks to be looks to be that the man currently residing in the in the in the white house he's the guy guilty of all this corruption and all this crime
13: well i don't want to see the criminal justice system weaponized against democrats or republicans you know show me the evidence let me see the the proof i don't want to see get trump and i don't want to see get biden i don't want to see get hunter biden i want to see Let's see if there's a crime and then find out who the criminal is. That, to me, is, and it has to be applied fairly. You know, the Bible, the Torah, uh, gives judges two instructions. One, don't take a bribe. That's obvious. That comes second. The first is, lo takir panim. Do not recognize faces. Do not do justice based on who the person is. Is And that's in the Bible. And so even if you don't believe in American law, if you believe in the Bible, you're not supposed to have you're not supposed to peek under the brine blindfold. Justice is supposed to be blind to who a person is. And if anybody thinks that Bragg is being blind, if anybody thinks that he would be doing this kind of investigation for Joe Smith or anybody else other than Donald Trump, I have a bridge to Brooklyn, I'll sell them. There's no basis for this, and it violates the Bible, it violates American law, it violates basic principles of justice, and I hope you're right. I hope it's all just uh, smokescreen and there's no indictment, because the country would be deeply divided. And you're right. A lot of independents who would normally prefer another Republican candidate are going to say, oh, my God, we have to fight back. Well, I have a better way of fighting back. Buy my book, Get Trump. That
10: will show (laughs) the world
12: that we—
13: Democrats and Republicans disagree. If my book becomes a bestseller, that becomes a major, major uh, uh, condemnation of uh, the Get Trump group.
8: Well, I will say this. I will do my absolute best hosting the number one show, by the way, in New York, Alan, to make your book a bestseller. It is Get Trump, the Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional rule of law. You will never meet a brighter man, and of course, I love him because he's so pro-Israel, and so am I than my friend Alan Dershowitz. Another great appearance, Alan. Thank you so much. God bless you. My pleasure. You too. Take care, pal. Alan Dershowitz right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. I don't think Trump gets indicted, but what do I know? Trust me. If I say that, bet your house that he's indicted tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) CBS, former president, Radio Hall of Famer Dan Mason's going to stop by. The guys from GlobalSecurityGroup.com. Yes, the Supreme Court has made it legal now for law-abiding citizens to get a concealed carry permit. And we'll play Sid's Take, a very exciting 9 o'clock hour and fourth and final hour about to come your way on New York's number one talk show. That's me, Sid and Friends in the Morning, on Talk Radio 77, WABC. So you did here, Dan Mason, Daniel, the Elton John classic. Very good, Lou Rufino. I guess that's why I like you all those years. No, and by the way, what did I tell you at 5.50 this morning when I walked in and you were going on and on about Trump getting arrested tomorrow? Just remember, what did I tell you?
6: I can't hear him. His mic's not on. You told me he would not be arrested.
8: Correct. Just remember that tomorrow. He's not getting indicted. He's not getting arrested. I told you that at 5.50 this morning. You did. All right, let's see what happens tomorrow. Trust me, I'm going to be right. Anyway, today is a very um, festive day, which gets us to Dan Mason. Uh, A bunch of very famous people celebrate birthdays today, like, uh, you know, Fred Rogers, Pat Riley, 78 today. Bobby Orr, 75. You've got uh, even Barron Trump, Donald Trump's little boy. He's 17. But how about this one? Mike Francesa. Yes, Big Mike turned 69 today. And Dan Mason, Mr. CBS, was there for all those... A lot of those great years with Mike and the Mad Dog, WFAN. He's a Radio Hall of Famer and one of the greats in the history of this particular game, making his debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning, my friend Dan Mason. Dan, good Monday morning. How are you, pal?
3: I'm good, Sid, and I've been listening to this station. And, man, your sports guy can really talk fast.
8: Yeah, He has to because he's got to get in in, like, one minute. That's all they give him. So, so like, John Minko can could take, a living like...
3: Doing disclaimers all day <laughs> <night>. <laughs> No,
8: you're right. Yeah, he gets it all in there. He couldn't even name the teams in the, uh, in the Sweet 16. But I want, I want to get to, uh, to all of that. But how about a, a happy birthday, Dan Mason, today to one of the guys that you got to know very well over the years, Mike Francesa?
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if he's listening or not, but if he is, happy birthday, Mike. And, Mike, we've had our ups and downs for sure over all the years. But I got to tell you, you know, at the end of the day, I would pick him on my team any time. He's a uh, – He's great at what he does, and uh, like I said, we've had some bumps in the road, which Mike could probably tell you as many stories as I could, but um, but he's a pro. And uh, happy birthday, big Mike.
8: You know it's funny about that? If I asked uh, Chris Russo this morning or Mel Karmazin or Don Imus if he was still alive or Jeff Smullian or Mark Chernoff, any one of those guys, They would categorize it the same exact way, which is, we've had some bumps in the road. Mike could be a real pain in the ass, but I love him. They'd all say the same thing, right?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Think of some (laughs) funny things. I remember one time in my office, Mike complained to HR that I threw a book at him, which I didn't. I I threw a book at the couch, not him. But uh, he wasn't happy about that. Neither was I. But uh, I remember hanging up on him one time. I remember that. I remember going to the the, uh, track up to Saratoga with him, and uh, that was not a good experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, That does
8: beg the question. If you went to the track with Mike Francesa in Saratoga, there's another name that may have been there with you because Mike always mentioned him, and now that name is being bandied about as the next possible head coach at St. John's because I think they own horses together. And that's Rick Patino.
3: Absolutely. I, I, and you know what, Sid? I am a Patino big fan. I, I've read his book. I think what happened to him at Louisville was terrible. Um, between that and the government, about, you know, set him back a number of years. Uh, and I've got my fingers crossed. I swear I've got my fingers crossed that St. John's will hire him because I am rooting for him and uh, wish him nothing but the best. And there's, I'm sure, what a guest he would make to bring to uh, light all the crap that's happened to him over the past five years. No,
8: I I had him. I had him uh, about three years ago when Bernard was still alive, God rest his soul. He was in for uh, 40 minutes, and it was about the time he took the job at Iona. And uh, he did unleash a whole bunch of stuff on Louisville. But you knew there were bigger and better days. But I got it, you know, for me, Dan, and I just had this conversation with Chris Russo. He was on on Friday. And I was a huge college basketball guy. I mean, I was in Frances' tournaments, you know, those, uh, those things that he ran with Billy Packer and Jim Nance and Clark Kellogg. I never missed a game. A huge St. John's fan since the uh, Mullen Walter Berry days. But I've almost completely lost interest in the sport because – I don't know who anybody is. They're there for one year. They're gone. Some of the great coaches I loved, they're gone. It's hard to fall in love with a program. I, I watched Bobby Hurley play for three years. I watched Ewing play for three years. Those days are over, so I think college basketball has done itself a great disservice even now during tournament time.
3: Well, you know, I've got a good comment on that for you. I am a diehard Kentucky fan, and it broke my heart when Kentucky went out yesterday. I had to break out the makers 46 on that one. Uh, but uh you know I will say though um uh, there's there's a lot of controversy there right now in Lexington about versus the one and done versus growing a program. And it's it but I will say though Calipari's got six seniors there that have one more year of eligibility. So it's probably more seniors than he's ever had in his time at Kentucky. But um you're absolutely right. The one and dones, you know, you see guys like Maxie in Philadelphia and yep. some of the players, the great players that have gone through there. John wall one year and gone. Uh, the list goes on. Um, uh, so you're absolutely right. That's, it's going to be – I wish it could revert itself and go back And it, rather than somebody in just raiding the transfer portal every year. You're absolutely right. Yeah,
8: I miss uh, those players spending a couple of years and, like you said, building programs, Shashevsky, Dean Smith, Karnasek, all those guys. And then, of course, you also, during this tournament, the teams like uh, – you mentioned this uh, during a text to me – Clemson, Vanderbilt, they're not there. You've got better teams with, with more high-profile programs in the NIT – then the NCAA, I mean, I love those Cinderella stories, don't get me wrong, Dan, but you've got to have these high-profile schools in the big dance.
3: The NCAA is going to have to address this because it is just totally unfair that the Clemsons of the world or the Vanderbilts of the world can't get in, and then you've got the 16 seeds out there, and uh, it, they get in. And it's just it's not right. And I mean, I think possibly the only way to, to get around this is to expand the tournament, to many more teams and maybe go another week. Yeah. But uh, so yeah. they're going to have to do something.
8: This is uh, Dan Mason, former president of uh, CBS Radio and uh, Hall of Famer, by the way. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to each other about this uh, new app, Dan. It's called Juice Reel. And you and I were particularly talking about one game. It was a Maryland taking on Purdue in a regular season matchup. Doesn't matter how it ended up, but we talked about the app, what the app may do and in terms of predicting some of these games, outcomes at least. Tell us more about this Juice Reel app, which people can uh, download today, which I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, does help you predict some of the outcomes of these games, or are they just the lines on these games?
3: I think it makes you a better-better. Uh, and you can find it at juicereel, R-E-A-L, excuse me, R-E-E-L, like a rod and reel, juicereel.com. And you can see how to download it from there at the Apple Store. But it helps you be a better-better. So, for example, like during the uh, fall, early fall, uh, I was doing really well with college football, and the the app will tell you it does. The app does not take bets; it just records bets, kind of like LastPass would for your password. Right. Uh, so if I bet a game, it's going to show up on my Juice Reel app, and it will tell me, you know, win loss, all that stuff, and it'll give me what my ROI is on on NFL, what it is on college football. So I was doing really well, but I am terrible at MLB. Terrible, so <laughs> it was pulling my ROI down to the ground. So guess what? I'm not betting this summer. I'm not betting any MLB games yeah. because I suck at all of
8: them. Well, it's it's, it's it's well baseball is the only sport you can go three and one or four and one and still lose money because if you take one big-time pitcher, end up playing 170 or 180, you can win three games and then still lose money for the day. So baseball is absolutely more difficult when it comes to betting uh, sports. Uh, I do want to ask you about two particular guys, though, Dan, in radio being you do have this amazing resume as one of the all-time greats, two young guys that have made it very, very big. One is at my station. That is Chad Lopez, who was a CBS guy not that long ago. The other was an intern of mine back in 2000. And now, of course, for years he's been running a lot of those big CBS, I guess, Odyssey stations. Now, Chris Olivero. What about those two guys in particular?
3: You know, I just ran into Chad. As you know, we talked what at the Broadcasters Foundation last yep. week or so. Yep. And I am so proud of Chad. He has—he's a terrific guy, a terrific broadcaster. And, uh, you know, you meet people along the way that you know are going to be rock stars. It's like, you know, I came from the programming side of the business. I never sold one day on my life in the street. But when I would hear a song, I'd say, oh, that's going to be a hit. That's Mm -hmm. a hit. And you meet a guy like Chad, you say, yep, that's a hit. He's going to be good. And he has proven himself. Chris, on the other hand, when I came back to CBS, I was there for a number of years and left for five years. And then... uh, uh, Les Moonves hired me back in '07, and when I got back to the floor, the buzz around our floor would be, oh, you got to meet Chris Olivero. <laughs> he said, someday we're all going to be working for Chris. That was a joke on the floor. Well, it's not a joke now. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that work for Chris. And it, <laughs> I, you, you just couldn't ask for a finer human being, and he's got a terrific sense of uh, programming, and um, he, he's going to do great. They're lucky to have
8: him there. I told you uh, the story back in 2000, four years before your story. He was my intern. He would split the week between me and Howard Stern at WNEW, me and Craig Carton. And we were walking down King's Highway in Brooklyn one day, Dan. And he said to me, you know, Sid, one of these days I'm going to run this company. I swear. And I said, you know what, Chris? I can see that. And so both of those guys, Chad Lopez and Chris Olivero, have gone out to do some great things. What about radio in general, Dan? You know, when, when I got into it, you had these, these, these behemoths, these giants, these legends, especially here in New York. You had on Terrestrial Radio, you had Imus, and you had Howard Stern, and Scott and Todd, and Mike and the Mad Dog, and guys on CBS FM, and all these monster talents. And for the most part, for the most part, they're all gone. What about outside of me, of course? Uh, what about radio okay. today?
3: Uh, I think that, you know, local – I'm going to give this speech in Las Vegas next month, but um locals all we have. I mean, you can't win by playing 20 songs in a row because the technology platforms will beat you, i.e. Spotify, et cetera. You, can't, you sure as hell can't win by playing 20 commercials in a row. That's not going to work. <laughs> and all we have – if you're a television station, you know, the difference between the good television stations in a city and the also brands – the good television stations will make you feel like you're part of their family. And they do that through their news departments. Like you feel like you know those anchors. You feel like, you know, you you could go to their house for dinner or they you'd be glad to have them come to your house for dinner. The other ones turn over and turn over and there's a lot of turnover. And that's what kills uh, radio more than anything, too, is the constant turnover. You look at Don, you look at Howard, you look at the people you mentioned, Chris Russo. They've been doing this stuff for years and years and years and years. So I think it's a combination of local and keeping your people in the slots where they belong, and not not. No, WCBS FM is a great example.
8: Yeah, what's going on with them? Are they experiencing like a renaissance now, or what's what's going on there?
3: No, I'm, I'm referring more to the days when. You know the guys were on the women were on WCBS FM and they changed it to Jack. Do you remember? Yeah, that?
8: I remember that. Believe it or not, I think I may have uh, tried out for a show with Max Kellerman. No, no, excuse me, that was for a ninety-two point three for K Rock for Mark Chernoff. But yes, I do remember when it turned to Jack. Yes.
3: Okay. Well, that's ex- when I came back to CBS, and it was, it was April of '07. We turned it back into WCBS FM in July of '07, but. You know, I, when I came back, I would hear the people say, oh, it just needs a little more time, just a little bit more time. <laughs> and the ratings were flat. like we're in the low twos, I believe, two-point shares. And um, one Sunday, I was walking down 7th Avenue, and I'd just gotten back to New York, and i walked into a deli, and there was a boombox behind the counter, and they were blaring oldies, the same ones that WCBS used to play. So I got back on Monday morning. I went in. I said, You know what? Shoot me over all those old uh, WCBS jingles. I want to hear them. And they did. And I thought, You know, this is what we have to do. Mm. And when we changed it back, it was like instant rain. It was, it was like flowers <laughs> that needed water so bad. <laughs> yep. Immediately, yeah.
14: immediately
3: the phones lit up. Immediately, the goodwill came. It was a it was a it was an exciting day, an exciting day for the radio station, and an exciting day for the company too.
8: You know what's funny, Dan is you talk about oldies now. Forget about take out the papers on the trash or the turtles. Oldies now was like eighties. I mean, I don't know. Uh, course, the, I mean, right? I mean, you can't even go to fifties and sixties anymore. That's like a Sirius XM channel at this point.
3: <laughs> well, the fifties <50s laughs> lovers are very far and few between now, and as we get older, or as more people come into. Uh, the music sphere, that if you want to call it that, that uh, 101.1 is, and yep. you know some of the, a lot of people have passed on in, yep. in that uh, early genre of music.
8: You know, I've been told for years, too, Dan, on the way out, that AM radio is dead, it's dying, it's finished, it's over. And I'm only on AM. We're not, uh, we're not an FM station here. Unlike FAN, ESPN, they're both on AM and FM. I'm just AM. I come off a 7-6 in January, 12-plus, uh, and uh, I'm looking at about a 7-7 here in February. The numbers come out today, and I've been number one for a while here. Uh, so I guess maybe the AM radio is dead is a bit premature.
3: Oh, I think so, of course. I, I'll give you an example here in Washington, D.C., where I live. I had a station, uh, 1190 a.m., and uh, it was 50,000-watt day, it was, and nobody has a good signal in D.C. at night. It just doesn't exist on a.m. But that station, and I sold it to iHeart, and iHeart changed all the processing because my station was foreign language. They put sports on. I think they're running Fox Sports in the day, and they run – Decent programming at night, BSIN.
8: This is not the junkies, and, uh, though, right? Not the same just station. It through
3: the dial. Right. It that's, just bellows through.
8: Yeah. It's not the same station as the junkies, right? Are they still working in DC, those guys?
3: Yeah, they're on the fan, which is the Odyssey station. Got it.
8: Okay, great. So, uh, okay, let's uh, put this, wrap it up in a beautiful bowl. It's been a great conversation. Keep coming back. Let's end it where we started it, after Francesa, of course. And that is we're down to the Sweet 16, your beloved Kentucky team eliminated yesterday. When it's all said and done in Houston, Texas, on that Monday night, Dan Mason, who's holding up the trophy? You
3: know, if Houston can hold up and not – Get any more injuries, or uh, they looked really bad a couple of weekends ago, and they lost. I forgot the team they were playing, but they they looked terrible. But they looked good this last time I saw them play. I think they've got a great shot at it, so I'll probably put my money on them. Although I haven't been real successful on betting, so the listening audience should not really put a lot of credit to what I'm saying right now.
8: That's a home game, though, for Houston, and that Final Four is in Houston, so that's a home game for that basketball team. Uh, This was great catching up. Keep coming by, Dan. I love these conversations. It's been great seeing you and talking to you the last couple of weeks. We'll do it again very, very soon, buddy. Thank you so much.
3: Well, let me tell you, Sid, any time I'll be your go-to guy for any subject you want to talk about. So let's stay in touch.
8: Let's do it. Dan Mason uh, now it's called Sid and Friends in the Morning. And Dan Mason is now a f- officially a friend in the morning. The great Dan Mason, Radio Hall of Famer. Guy's a brilliant mind. He really is. Thank you, Dan Mason, for that. We'll take a short break. Lots more to do, including Sid's take. Thank you, Pete Morgan. And you can now carry a concealed weapon in New York. How do you do it? You're gonna find out next. Protect yourself, folks. All that more sitting friends coming back.
7: You are
1: This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
7: Sure, you've heard it all
6: before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that
7: anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the
2: roles we have to walk
6: Kauai
8: Great song Oasis wonderwall 77 WABC Listeners. You've heard me talk about Global Security Group providing the mandatory training to obtain a concealed carry permit in New York City. All this week, I'm giving you the chance to win this training. That's right. Go to WABCradio.com backwards security right now and enter to win the training you need to get your concealed carry permit. This Friday in the 9 a.m. hour, I will be announcing the winner live on the air to enter. You must be twenty-one years of age and a New York State resident. Once again, go to WABCradio.com backward slash security. And enter. Good luck to you. And with that said, perfect timing. David S. Katz is a former senior special agent with the DEA and the CEO of the aforementioned Global Security Group, a company, once again, providing protective and investigative services, security and fire, life safety consulting, and highly specialized training. David, it's Sid. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm great, pal. Nice to have you. So, Uh, explain to the listeners, man, you look tough, explain, (laughs) I just saw your picture, I ain't messing with you and I'm tough, Uh, explain to the listeners how important it is that the Supreme Court, actually now, has made it legal for us here in New York, and we know we've got the best cops in the world, the RBD's the best, we love them, we love them, the great cops, but clearly it's not enough with these crime numbers. Explain how important it is that the Supreme Court has made it legal for law-abiding New Yorkers to carry a concealed uh, permit.
16: I feel really tough this morning. Okay, great question. <laughs> Thanks. The, uh, okay, so in prior to that decision, <clears throat> the NYPD had a, had a discretion to look at an application and say whether or not you had what they considered pro- proper cause. So believe it or not, the number, and maybe it's slightly off, but it's not wildly off, prior to this decision, the number of discretionary permits to carry a concealed weapon in New York was under 2,000 in the entire city. So now, subsequent to the Supreme Court decision, they can no longer say, well, do you have proper cause or not? In other words, you have the right to carry a firearm as long as you complete complete the application process successfully, you don't have a criminal background, you don't have an order of protection, and you take the training they require, then you can apply and, and receive a carry permit. Okay, so do you,
8: uh, do you find now, David, that since I've been doing these commercials, and forget about me, just uh, whatever promotion you've been doing now since you guys started in this business, based on the crime rates here in New York, are you finding that more and more New Yorkers are, in fact, taking advantage of this?
16: Oh, yeah, yeah, the, absolutely. The, uh, yeah. The, the, the First of all, it's been impossible up until now. So now people realize, okay, I can finally get a permit. So from that alone, they were just. There was just a natural backlog of people wanting a permit. Now, of course, with crime out of control, and you know, you're right. You know, where you know one of my partners, Mark Novak, is retired captain from the police department. We have police officers, on, you know, in, in our company, firefighters in our company. We love these guys. But their hands are tied, as you well know. Yep. No, uh, I know the uh, the ridiculous
8: rules with the chokeholds, and then you know, obviously the immunity issue and uh, the mayor. And uh, I know that's just it's become impossible how these people do the job. I don't know. Now, in terms of hours to get this, I've had people say to me, "Sit, I want to do this, but what do I got to take?" Like a ninety-hour course. It's not that much, but it's a couple of hours, right, Dave? Well, no, it's,
16: <clears throat> there's two portions: there's a the classroom portion and the range portion. The classroom is sixteen hours. Sixteen hours where we go over every possible topic related to firearms, ownership, carrying, understanding the law, understanding how we want to disengage from conflict and not, you know, you don't want to walk into a conflict, oh I'm armed, I can do it. And no, you want to be aware of your surroundings, extract yourself from any possible dangerous danger situation. But then at the same time, if you have to use your firearm, understand with complete certainty how to operate it, how to shoot quickly and accurately, and more most importantly, how to make the correct decisions, legal decisions, under under what probably is the most stressful few seconds of your life.
1: Yeah.
8: It reminds me of karate. Like, uh, my kids took karate, and they're like, don't use it, Gabe, unless you have to. If somebody messes you in the street, kick his ass, but don't use it unless you have to. That's kind of like what you are saying. This is not like Bernie Getz. Take the gun on the subway and go have some fun. <laughs>
16: You're not saying no, that, yeah, right. No, no, obviously not. The last thing you want to do, is draw your weapon in a situation like that, the last thing. But if you need to, you have to make sure you can do it with, with complete certainty that I'm making the right decision given the circumstances. And, of course, do quickly and accurately. And, by the way, the 16 hours is two hours on the range where you have to actually demonstrate just basic range proficiency. That is not nearly enough. If you're going to own a firearm, commit to train with it. Join a range practice with it on a regular basis because like anything else, you know, Sid, you're, Sid, you're, you're in, you're, you're on top of the athletic, uh, uh, athletic angles. Yeah. You have to train, you have to practice. There's no such thing as I buy a gun. I take the class. I'm good to go. No, that is not the case.
8: How hard is it? You know, like I had this uh, young lady, she comes in about once a month. The name is Liz Pipko. And adorable, uh, but weighs about a hundred pounds, soaking wet. You know, young lady, and she goes out there and she fires all kinds of guns. I mean, all different types of calibers and even rifles, and she's got incredible marksmanship. So that says to me that, hey, I guess I can do it. But how difficult is it for somebody that's never fired a gun to actually go out there and pretty quickly uh, be a decent, a decent shooter?
16: It's not difficult to become minimally proficient it's difficult to become a really good shot that requires a lot of effort it's like i don't know do you golf i do
8: golf and i suck Dave. i suck
16: <laughs> if
8: i shoot like i golf you don't want me owning a gun trust me
16: <laughs> well, well you know, the thing with my confidence i know people who they go golfing and say well when you know they hit a, they hit a bucket of balls they're ready to go that's no you know i i can teach you our, our guys we have a great staff i mean i mean when i say really incredibly qualified instructors they're, they are the best. We'll teach you everything you need to know, but once you learn, now yeah. it's incumbent upon you to practice and keep those skills sharp. So it's just like golf, if you're not out on the course, you're not going <laughs> to play like so so,
8: so, he, so like a veteran like you, who's used to, who's had a gun for a long time, I mean, I know you guys train DEA, you train FBI, you train SWAT, you train military units. I mean, the best of the best you guys train, which is a testament to you guys. Even a guy like you, who's a great shot, you still go to the range all the time and, and practice?
16: I, I, pra- I train whether it's, whether it's on the range. Mostly it's not. Mostly it's dry fire. We have, we have training pistols that replicate actual firearms that are completely safe. And I practice with that every single day, whether it's just drawing, presenting, working my trigger press. And by the way, I've been shooting for <laughs> in more decades than I want to admit, but I will tell you this. Every single time I'm on the range... I'm correcting something. Oh, let's, I'm, I'm pulling over here. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hitting here. here. Yep. I'm adjusting my, my press. My, so there's always, there's always practice, and even the best, the best in the world are out every single day shooting.
8: My wife just texted me, Danielle, and uh, the last person that should have a gun is her.
16: <laughs> because you'd be at my house
8: in about 15 minutes. Dude. But uh, <laughs> I'm being serious. But she's like, I want to get a permit. How long is that going
2: to take?
16: Process is not a short one in New York City because they have. You know, first of all, you know there's thousands of people going through the pipeline. Second of all, you've got to submit your application. You got to submit a think It's it probably still is the same four references. You got your prints done, and they're going to investigate those references. They're going to talk to those people. Make sure for you, you and your wife, you both have to have to agree. That the other is allowed to carry firearm. It's right. kind of interesting if I, if I apply for a weapon, you have to say, well my wife, my girlfriend, my significant other has to sign off on that." Really? So, oh yeah, yeah. That for a variety of, of obvious reasons. You know? <laughs> I mean, my, my husband's a little volatile. My wife's yeah. a little volatile. I don't think they should have a firearm. Right. So there are a lot of steps to it. So th- there, it is a process. It could take years. No. No, it won't take years. We, you know, I, I, six months. I would say I would I would be willing to be willing to say safely. It's at least that amount of time and
8: then how many folks uh would you estimate Dave, are inside these i guess classes, what would you call them training classes when folks come in and do those sixteen hours or you take them shooting? How many folks would you say on average are in those
16: in our in our class we we do between twenty five and thirty a time wow. we have a very large classroom, oh yeah, yeah and we have we we have we have the simulated weapons we we show everyone the right the kind of holsters they can wear, we let them try it out that to manipulate the weapons again with simulated completely inert weapons that cannot fire by the way we always tell people if you have a firearm do not bring it to the classroom we make sure ev- we actually search everybody prior to the class if you have a firearm we lock it up in the safe so we have a completely safe training environment we have simulators which we are which are electronic training systems which we there's it's a, it's a different class yeah um, so we can actually allow people to to not only test, test marksmanship, but judgment. We put them in scenarios, and they, they we, we test their ability to understand the law under stress.
8: Hey, I've got one more for you. Every time we got one of these school shootings, which are horrific. I mean, I've got two little children. And, i mean, two kids at this point that little. But it uh, breaks my heart every time. It always brings up ah, gun control, Second Amendment issues. But I think where a lot of, where you get bipartisan, bipartisan support is banning some of these, quote-unquote, assault weapons. And then I talked to somebody like Lauren Borbut out of Colorado. She goes, "They're not assault weapons. Like, like an AR-15 is not an assault weapon." What are your thoughts on some of those discussions?
16: They're absolutely not assault weapons. They're semi-automatic rifles. So, what you say? Okay, well, I don't like the AR-15. Okay, well, what about the Ruger Mini-14? What about any of the other dozens and dozens of semi-automatic rifles? It's it's what I think. I think we're, we're if you if you really want to get a bipartisan approach to dealing with this, how about this? People who should not have firearms, people who have been who've had contacts with dozens and dozens of contacts with the police over the years, people who have been either arrested or sometimes there's a lot of contacts without arrest, people who have been been identified as you know by let's say a school psychologist as having a, serious mental issues. We can all agree that those people should not carry firearms. And right. yet, nothing is done about that. If right. you look at the Parkland shooter, you look at the the, the kid in that, that horrific, horrific massacre in Uvalde. I'm only like four and a half hours from there. Yeah, I live out in Texas and back and forth to New York all the time. But the point is, those people could have been prevented from having firearms. Yeah. But no one wants to take the steps forward. They was went off gun control, not gun control. Why don't we keep the guns out of the hands of the people that shouldn't have it, as, at least as a start?
8: That's the answer. I mean, I, I never saw a gun get up in the morning, get dressed, drive itself to a school and shoot anybody. I mean, human, crazy humans commit the crimes, not guns. I, I, I'm glad you answered it that way because I agree 1,000%. That's always my stance on the way out. And this is a fascinating conversation, Dave. You're great. What do you recommend? What gun do you recommend for a first-time gun owner? 22? I mean, I don't know. What, what do you recommend?
16: Oh, gosh. That, the, the, the shortest answer I can give, the, the, the gun you shoot best with. So you mentioned earlier... People have different sized hands. They have different stature, different grip strength. I, I may shoot with I may shoot with a with a a, a, a Colt forty five type firearm best or a Glock pistol. Other people say no. I like I prefer a Sig. You know. It, so you try different weapons. Yeah, you see what what fits your hand, what you perform best with. Okay. You should be able to fire any weapon f- proficiently, but that's that's the best answer. Try it seems. It,
8: out. it seems to me like the nine mm is the one that people uh, me. I'd, I'd want to like have like a uh, like a forty four magnum, but seems like the nine <laughs> millimeter is the most popular one on the streets. Is that is that fair to say?
16: Nine the most popular handgun caliber, probably in the world. Um, it is it's it's good. It's good for target practice, and it's 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 more than adequate for personal defense, but you have to, you know, obviously you're changing the ammunition, you know, the, the rounds you're firing in training are not the ones you're carrying on the street. They're just different configuration, but that's fine. And it's, it's, it's a light enough round that it's manageable by most people. Even those, you know, with smaller hands or weaker hands, they could still successfully fire a nine millimeter.
8: On the way out Dave, what's the best way for people to contact you guys right now? Cause I'm telling you there's a lot of folks in their cars right now, salivating. They want it. They want to defend themselves. They just do. How do they do it?
16: Okay, well, if you want if you want to reach out to us, our website is globalsecuritygroup.com, globalsecuritygroup.com. You'll see a little tab up to the right. It'll say, you know, the courses. You can hit the concealed carry course. You can go online. You can call us. Our number, I'm give you the easiest one to remember. It's 833-INFO-GSG, 833-INFO-GSG. Call you can get onto this into the system. You can get to my extension. I'll answer any questions you want. Wow. And that's basically it. That's awesome. David Katz
8: is the gentleman I'm speaking to, folks. And sounds me guy he'd be the guy I want to talk to. Hey, that's an excellent conversation, David. You guys do great work. I'm thrilled to be aligned with you guys. It's an honor. So thank you so much for this great conversation today.
16: Oh, thank you. If I have friends, thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
8: <laughs> yeah, you and I are friends. You got it. Mm-hmm. David Katz, that was great, man. God, he's such an interesting a smart guy, tough guy. I love that guy.
6: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you.
1: Boy! Now, it's time for Sid's Take.
7: Sid's Take! Sid's Take,
1: yeah! Good luck! It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water
12: Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, your Monday edition of the Sid's Take Trivia Game, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com, to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. Phil, who am I uh, speaking with today? I can't see my screen in here. Uh, it's Dave from Brooklyn. Dave in Brooklyn. What's going on, Davey? Great,
5: great. How
8: are you? Every time you say Sid's steak, I get hungry after you talk about Sid's Steaks.
12: Ha! <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> a good one, Davey. But steak at this hour in the morning wouldn't be uh, necessarily healthy, okay? Unless steak having, and eggs. Unless you're having steak and eggs, right? It's a popular breakfast. It is a popular breakfast. You're right, Phil. I never had steak and eggs. Okay.
11: It's, it's too much protein to start the day.
12: Well, maybe you can have it tomorrow morning, okay, I Bob? don't think so. I'm at work. I'm just
11: going to come here with a, a plate of steak and eggs. You think I have the time to prepare that or to eat that? <sighs> you know what? You know exactly how busy we are in the morning. I can't do that, Justin.
12: I just don't have the time right now to listen to you talk about steak and eggs. I just, I just don't. You're not getting it. Yeah. It's steaks. Okay, great. All right, uh what's the guy's name again? Now I forgot.
11: It's John from North Carolina. <laughs> no, it's not. What is it? It's Dave from Brooklyn.
12: Dave, all right, you ready to go, Dave? Yep. All right, here we go. Movie Monday. Number one, the social network, which was a Beck's best picture nominee, was based on the life of which social media mogul? Mm. Yep. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be, Dave?
8: God, God,
12: God, God. And that is your time, Dave. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg would be the correct answer. On to number two, over one. What Michael Bay film stars Bruce Willis as an oil driller who is tasked with drilling a bomb inside of an asteroid set to hit and destroy Earth? Oh, he just hang up. We lost him. <laughs> we lost him. I thought I heard him. Great. This is really great. Okay. <laughs> what, do we, what do we do now? All right,
0: I'll try. Uh, I will say Godfather.
12: <laughs> the Godfather? No. Should we get, like, James flipping to play this game?
4: <laughs> he
0: wants to be
12: our impromptu, uh, our impromptu uh, I'll go uh, contestant. Yeah, tell, tell James to just get ready. James, do
0: you want to play the game? James, do you want to play the game? We okay. lost our contestant. No, you can
11: stay from there, James. Stay there. James, stay, stay right there. there.
12: James. <laughs> hey, James, are you there?
11: This guy just panic, hang up. you yeah. he heard the question. Just heard. Is,
12: is James there?
4: James, you there? I'm here.
12: All right, James. Are you ready to go? I'm ready
4: to
11: play. <laughs> <laughs> all
12: right. You've uh, yeah. actually been waiting for this moment. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure, sure again? you have been. Let's, yeah, we'll start we'll a again, again. Here we go. 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 Uh, quickly here, uh, James. Okay, The Social <laughs> Network, which was the Best Picture nominee, was based on the life of which social media mogul? Mark Zuckerberg. There you go. <laughs> I feel already, already doing
15: better. I feel like James
12: is going to do much better. Already doing better. On, on to number two. What Michael Bay film stars Bruce Willis as an oil driller who is tasked with drilling a bomb inside of an asteroid set to hit and destroy Earth?
2: Armageddon. There you go. Spectacular.
12: Hey, James is going to go five for five here. On to number three, James. What renowned horror movie franchise has its sixth installment in, seri- in, uh, in the series in theaters right now?
1: That's Scream. There you go. Spectacular. <laughs>
12: Three for three. On to number four, James. The movie Moneyball starring Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill is based on a true story that is centered on which real MLB team?
0: The Oakland Athletics. <laughs> oh, James is Oh, my
1: <laughs>
12: God. <laughs> on to number five. Which James Bond actor wore a toupee in every film he starred in as Agent 007? Is it A, Sean Connery, B, Roger Moore, or C, Pierce Bron- uh, Brosnan?
2: That would be Sean Connery.
1: Oh, my oh, God, God. He's oh, five for five. Wow.
12: That was That's impressive. Wow. On, like a last minute. Five for five, too. He was not ready to go. He didn't study at all. James. Well, with...
0: are you shocked?
12: Uh, not really. No. No, James knows his stuff. People are going to think you gave me the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's got a copy of the game right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: we barely got him on.
12: Here we go. The big guy's on his way back in. All right. He we, did so with no spring training, too. Yeah, that's he, impressive. Yeah, well, yeah and Andy was playing in the World Baseball Classic, so uh, that's actually, huge. Stop mentioning that damn thing. Sorry. Yeah. All right, we had to uh, we had to pivot to James as the contestant because we call lost a tar. Right to pivot and shit. He shift. was a tart and then we lost him. Yeah. So James ended up going five for five. Yeah. So five for five. five, five? Yes. Yeah, t- it's a new guy, James, who James works for Noam. Smart. smart guy. Nice very guy. Smart, very yeah. nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. So you got <laughs> best best Colonel uh, Nolly. Do does talk. here, but what do you mean? He's a news anchor. What does that mean? Well, he does. The, he does the news reports. Starting. Oh, he out. Yeah. oh, he's on the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's very his voice. good.
8: He's very, very good. Yeah. How, how are you going
12: to say he's very good? You just ask just what he just shut does. up and play
8: the game. That's Jeez. true. They're asking <laughs> way too many questions. Noam told me he was good. If Noam says it, I believe him. Mm-hmm. Shall eat okay. steak
11: and eggs tomorrow morning?
0: Okay.
8: No. Oh, so you yeah. go... that's very good protein uh, source. It's it's might, it might eggs. be too much protein.
1: protein. Right.
0: Noam said that was a horrible jacket. By the way, he just told me outside that you were. Noam's an idiot.
12: Okay, here we go. No one listens to Noam. God Gotta go. Fuck James. Sucks. I'm trying desperately to start the game. Let's go. Yeah, desperately. let's go. Got to go five for five. Here we go. How'd David Brooklyn do? Number one, the Social Network, which is a Best Picture nominee, was based on the life of which social media mogul? That was a Best Picture nominee? Yeah. I know it was Zuckerberg, but that was a yeah, Best.
14: Best Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well.
12: And on to number two, one for one, what Michael Bay film stars Bruce Willis as an oil driller who is tasked with drilling a bomb inside of an asteroid set to hit and destroy Earth? Oh
8: yeah, that's uh, Armageddon. I there said. it is.
12: Pete Willis is like almost dead. No, I, I know. Did you see that video? It
8: was his birthday yesterday. yesterday. Was his birthday? Yeah. You you saw, saw that video. video? He, looked, yeah.
12: he looked. He looked. looks like fine. He in looked movie, okay, it. but he looked he's better. A mess. He's like yeah. missing teeth and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. On to number three. What renowned horror movie franchise has its sixth installment in this in uh, the series? Scream. Right Come on, go. baby.
11: Well, this is My
8: son Gabriel has the heart for Jenny Ortega. Who doesn't? She also played Wednesday. Who doesn't? Ew. Ew. How old are you? Uh, uh,
12: old enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to talk Apparently know? she's uh, yeah. not a nice person, though. I heard she's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. On to number three or four. <laughs> three for blue.
0: She hangs out with Amy Robach.
12: <laughs> <her. laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and not TJ Holmes. <laughs> the movie Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, is based on a true story that is centered on which real MLB team? The Oakland A's. Nice. He's a so easy. And on to number five. Which James Bond actor wore a toupee in every film he starred in as Agent 007? Is it A, Sean Connery, B, Roger Moore, or C, Pierce Brosnan?
8: Not Brosnan. It's either Connery or Moore. And I got to think Moore's ha- Well, because Connery was bald when he made the movie with uh, Al Capone, The uh, the Untouchables. I'm going to go with Sean Connery. There you go.
12: A 5 for 5 showing out of Sydney. A great start to the week. James All right. 5 for 5 as well. Hey, Jim.
8: Nice job, Jimmy. Great job.
1: Thank you, Sid.
8: You Thank as well. you. That was fun. Thank yeah, you. Whatever we'll you take do, a yeah. short break and wrap things up <laughs> right after
1: this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by oh. Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Yeah. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
8: That's right. Giving me those air supply tickets, August fifth. I love this group. Even the nights get better. This is a great song. Air Supply, August fifth, at the NYCB. Great show today. All the guests were terrific. Willie, and once again, my crew. Nobody better. These four guys. We really are the fabulous five. From Michigan, Lou Ruffino, Macedonia, Phil, Noam Laden, and Justin Ellick. God willing, we'll all be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for a Tuesday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me sitting friends in the morning. Find out if, in fact, President Trump gets indicted or arrested. I say no. My prediction is no, but we'll see. And will the suspension for Curtis Sliwa continue or be lifted? Only one way to find out. 6 a.m. tomorrow. So Until then. From all of us, to all of you,